Hey team, welcome to Artifice episode 12, my interview with Johnny Worthen. Johnny is an award-winning, best-selling author of books and stories. Trained in modern literary criticism and cultural studies, he writes upmarket multi-genre fiction symbolized by his love of tie-dye and good words. Johnny is best known, so far, for his award-winning, nationally acclaimed, best-selling young adult novel, Eleanor the Unseen. In this episode, Johnny and I philosophize about the meta experience of theme within the art you create and within the actual process of creation. We lament about rejection, imposter syndrome, and the problem of genre. And Johnny reminds me of an important lesson. Don't think about your competition. Let them think about you. Also, kielbasa. Okay, enjoy it. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Blue Chic. Blue Chic creates WordPress website themes and design templates that have helped tens of thousands of entrepreneurs build a beautiful online presence. For those of us who are professional creatives, it's so important to have a website that looks and feels as artful as the art you make. But we all know it's easier said than done. When I found Blue Chic a few years ago, I was blown away by their gorgeous themes and purchased mine without hesitation. I had absolutely no web design experience or skills, but Blue Chic's amazing documentation empowered me to build a site I can really be proud of. Head to www.bluchic.com to see which theme works best for you and use promo code BCARTIFICE for 10% off your purchase today. So I want to talk about the kind of the 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 things that are different between your experience and maybe the perception of like what a writer's experience might be. And I mean, obviously, you can always speak from your experience. Um, but I I find that you know those of us that are professional creatives in kind of this um, this middle space where you know, you're not JK Rowling, mm -hmm. uh, but you're working and it's your job. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to, I, I'm interested in, in that, those well, kinds of creatives. Creating, um, having a, uh, choosing a life of art, if you will, yeah. is, is very, very suspect as far as a good decision making. Sure. <laughs> because, sure. Um, I was watching this, uh, silly Jack Black show called, uh, the, uh, what was it? Uh, Something King, um, Polka King. Have mm. you seen that? No, a silly movie. I like Jack Black though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's an older movie about a it's a true story about a uh, polka singer, polka singer. Anyway, a polka band leader yeah. who uh, turned into a Ponzi scheme mm. aficionado. But it, it, there was one point in the movie where um, they're trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. He, he turns, he, he wants to play polka. His, his love of polka is polka. He, yeah. he wants to be a musician, but he, they're not making enough money. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a band of like 20 members, including right. a dancing bear and wow. a dancing chicken. <laughs> so, you know, this is his thing. This is yeah. kind of eccentric to, to, the, uh, to the extreme. And um, they have huge fans. And they say, oh, we want to come see you. He says, okay, well, the cover is $1.50. Yeah. Oh, no, we won't see that. And the line comes out, is that they will? Someone will pay 
um, $5 for a kielbasa, but the music should be free. Mm. And this very much comes to the idea of how do you turn something which is almost a granted and a given and does not have the level of appreciation right. as a material product, which you can lay your hands on. Yeah. And um, it's strange because in, in a service society as we're becoming where you will pay a lot of money for somebody to come in and uh, design your house for right. you, right? There might be some tangible reason for that. And yet... Um, you really have to like stretch over backwards in order for somebody to to appreciate the experience mm-hmm. you're giving them, and and, well, and, that, th- and that's challenging right there. I think it's because um, people feel like they're giving you an experience. You know, they feel like they're the it's payment enough for them to like let you entertain them. Oh, I know, right? Uh, it's, like, it's like the exposure thing. Remember it, that? Y- yeah. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> I'm a musician, so I. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know about that one. Um, okay, so yes, there, it's fraud. It's all it's complicated. So I, what I like to do though is start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I so one of the one of the kind of myths that I that I'm interested in dispelling is the myth that like of the of the child prodigy. Oh right. Um, so uh, so what I'd like to, to start with is to talk about um, it, uh, when you were a child. What how did creativity kind of start to manifest itself for you? I. I often think that, um, I told my children the other day, um, I tell them often that none of them will be um, creatives, none of them will be artists, because they've had a very nice childhood. (laughs) And and in a way, I always think that the true creative pressure comes from a need for therapy or a need Mm. need for expression that was uh, thwarted at some level. All my favorite authors, the the great ones that we read, we still talk about, hundreds of years old, they have issues. Yeah. that's and, certainly true for me. Yes, you know, and you're talking ab- ab- about your mother recently, and that I'm sure has you have you have found you have needed yeah. to find an avenue to explore that in some way, yeah. whether it's in the appreciation of music or in your case in the creation of, yeah. Um, and that's that's very similar. So I, that's kind of where it came out to, to, to define our own space mm. in mm-hmm. our creativity. Now, in, in my case. Um, uh, I, I I do remember the first story I ever wrote was basically a Kolshak the Night Stalker ripoff that was read to my fifth grade class, and the teacher couldn't read my handwriting, so she had me do it. And um, that, I don't know if I got the bug from there, but after, <laughs> but after that, I just writing was always in my yeah. life. Okay. And if I didn't continue, I mean, every I have a my if you look at my actual um, occupation, my my real resume, it lists a it is a list of jobs yeah. I would not do under any circumstances. Again, yeah. you know, it's nice because I've had so many different careers, so many yeah. different choices, and I've always been kind of pinballing, but in every one of them, I found a, a reason to write. Um, and I got better, and I studied it in my, I think that one of the key points I had was um, um, I was not the favorite child. Mm. So, I again, finding my own space and finding my own, Were own you reason. the oldest, youngest? Uh, complicated. I was the youngest. Youngest. I was, I, I was okay. the youngest in my particular family. And, okay. Um, and, and you know, and it, it was it was a tough childhood. You yeah. know, my, my father spent most of my childhood in jail, mm-hmm. um, and my mother was a single mom mm-hmm. and putting it all together. But um, we did all right. You know, we came through. I, you don't know you have it bad until you look back oh. and say, "Oh my goodness, I was eating I was eating farina every day." You know, Absolutely, wiener wraps was a big deal. Yeah, you know. So um, anyway, but I. I came to a point where I mean, my grades were, I, I felt, I think grades have more to do with peers than anything. Mm. And I fell into a good group of peers mm. and we had, had friendly competition. And so I got into, I got into a good college. I got into a university of Utah on scholarship 
And I just loved the experience. And you were doing writing. Well, or... no, I, I actually, I went in without a major. Mm-hmm. I went in and they actually finally cornered me because uh, that we had generals. You had to get all these other sure. things. And I don't know if they, I think that's still the case. Yeah, it is. And I had filled general for every single possible choice yeah. from yeah, yeah, STEM yeah, yeah. To, to music wow. to everything. And they said, they finally said, Johnny, you got to pick one. You got to pick a you major. You, there's no more classes we can give you credit <laughs> for until you do. Yeah. And um, I remember I had that dark moment of the soul and I looked at the classes that I enjoyed the most and they were the ones that required me to write. Mm. And that lent me the, the direction. And then I went into English literature okay. and as a, as, a, as a critic, not necessarily as a creative writer, but I started, I really fell into the idea that I could break into meaning, yeah. that I became a deconstructionist. Okay. And then to make darn sure I would never get a real job, I took Latin. Yeah. <laughs> so I minored in classic I mean, studies. I have I know. have I have a degree in jazz studies, so Oh well hell welcome, uh, yeah. you know. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um and then I, I finished that up. I didn't know got my, my language was I, I spent a year in Denmark, but they didn't offer Danish, so mm. I took Latin and you know that that's done me a lot of good. And then I went for my master's degree afterwards and I followed it into American studies, which is basically a literature part. 2B version, I don't know, but it was film emphasis. My idea was that okay. the culture was then being represented, not in, not in books, because I think I, I, even though it is my it is my my format now, yeah, um, I believe the age of the novel is past. Mm. Um, Interesting. Uh, most most of the culture is now being represented in celluloid or in television, mm. and so I I moved my critical powers into film, and I got a film emphasis, but American studies, which is still was basically I just chose one particular thing to analyze, but all the theory was the same. So it's okay. feminist, it's deconstructionist, it's wow. Marxism, it's Great. it's capitalist, whatever tools. Basically, I got tools. So I get yeah. very much started deconstructing everything. So many years, and then I started writing and I got into humor and became a stand-up comic for a short time. Cool. Um, and then when I finally became a writer again, I always, I, I approached my writing very quickly. I actually first started just expressing. And then, yeah. then even in my first projects, I realized that I was always writing to theme. Mm. And I start, so I write from the inside out now. Yeah, okay. And, and that has allowed me to be a multiple genre author. Instead of just a like yeah. all only fantasy, I do. Oh, I I'd love to know more about that. So when you say right from the inside out, what do you mean? Well, um, most people. Well, not I, I mustn't generalize. Well, I, I'll <laughs> say really quick while you're thinking about it. Um, when when you said so, I I think this is my like my thirteenth interview, oh. um, and I've interviewed uh, several different types of musicians, a uh, comedian, actor filmmaker, fine art painter, uh, uh, you know, very broad. I think uh, an author is like the the main medium that I'm missing. So I'm, I'm very oh. excited about this interview. But, um, but I've had a lot of people, so I tend to agree with you that creativity comes out of like a, you know, you're working through stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I've been surprised, like at least half of the people I've talked to have been like, Oh, my parents were so supportive. They gave me all the support I needed. They were like, whatever, you know, I was able to be creative because they gave me every opportunity. So even that, I'm like, really? You know, I'm so surprised by it. So when you're saying, you know, like most people, of course, (laughs) everyone's experience is different, which is why these conversations, I think, Mm. are valuable. I think my my parents were, were supportive. But it, it, the main support I've had to have has been my wife, mm. because I was um, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up till I was in my forties. Mm. So I say now I am what, 
six years in, no, seven years in, into my 10-year plan to be an overnight success. Great. And, uh, <laughs> but when I, say, when I say inside out now, um, uh, for example, by the way, it's interesting you say this because I always believe that the highest form of art, and this is, this is I'm sorry, people, is music. I honestly think every oh, single author is trying to make music with mm. their words. Poets are just the closer. Mm. So anyway, so congratulations. Thanks. Well, I feel the other way. I read books and I try to think, how do I create, you know, this type of a, of a character that, you know, how do I replicate this feeling um, in music? So <laughs> I don't know. Great. I think we all, I think, I think we all get inspiration from other mediums. Mm. I, I think... Most okay. of us do. Well, okay. Well, let's take, for example, if you were to come up with it, you woke up one morning and you have this idea, right? That sure. might be, that might lead you to a song or something. Now, somebody could wake up and say, hey, I got this great idea about a guy who, who finds a, um, a magic shell that only speaks French, so he's got to learn French, and then it changes to German, and then by the end of it, he realizes his whole dream was to learn French and German. Yeah. Anyway, something, some, some weird idea. But now that's, that's kind of a plot-based, or okay. you have, or you have okay. a character-based story. And most people believe, I mean, there's an old adage that says um, every um, every chapter, paragraph, sentence, word in your story must be either about setting, character, or plot. Hmm. There, there's another element there, and that is theme. Mm. So um, a theme could be just a general idea that's actually a kind of, kind of the cement that holds the rest of it. So when I now approach a book, I, I try to recognize early, if not first, what it is I want to explore. Mm. Um, in my debut Beatrice cell, I had... It was love, the dark side of it. I was actually working through a series of divorces that had hit my friends and family mm. when I was up in Oregon. And it was just, it was, it was, I thought I was writing a love story and it got, it got picked up got, by a horror writer, mm, by, by, huh? by a horror press, I mean. And so, you know, that shows you where that was going. And then uh, when I got into my other, Eleanor, I knew, I knew very quickly, I wrote down, this is story is about trust. Okay. And it is about being the weakest and yet the strongest person in the room. Mm. And with mm. those basic themes, those lighthouses to shine the way, I moved into it. And that got me into another genre. I love that. Yeah. So when you say inside out, you mean the theme out. Right, yes. Okay, yes. and you, you don't mean like yourself out. Well, no, I, it's part of it. If I, have yeah. to, I have to have the, the, the burning. I have to be curious about it. If I just can't say, today I'm going to write about how the good guys always win, which actually might be interesting. But yeah. um, particularly if I don't have anything that's raging inside of me. Beatrice was raging. Uh, the finger trap which is my, uh, one of my favorites is a comedy is actually an autobiography about me coming to terms with who I was mm. as far as how I had not finished anything properly, mm. how I had not put enough effort to finally have a single career. Mm. And in order for that book to be thematically pure, to be thematically complete, yeah, it had to exist. So oh. true story. It had to, I had to be able to hold yeah. it in my hand. Uh -huh. And when I got, um, I, I remember I gave it to a publisher and along with Eleanor, my, 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 my young adult series, the, my bestseller, because young adults awesome in this great series. But they said, okay, we like both these books. Which one would you like to sell us? And I said, mm. take them both or go away. Yeah. So I was not in a position to have that kind of power, but they accepted that. Yeah. Wow. And uh, then, of course, they sold and I got the rights back to the finger trap because uh, they don't do adult fiction. Well, I mean, that's a, it's a great story of okay. like, demanding you know i i like that idea of like you feeling kind of like meta you know about this kind of this holistic story and like you know your experience of like handing the book off is like 
makes the story viable. Is that kind yes. of what I'm understanding? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I had to be able to, in order to prove the completion of it, which is a book about completion, Yeah, it had to exist that way. And, and, and I know other authors can do it. I mean, it's, I'm, there, there's the whole literary versus commercial aspect of it, mm-hmm. which, which is always coming into it because yes. in, in, a, in American society, the seems to be the only true metric of success is overwhelming uh, bank accounts, right? yeah. which I, which I find shallow and, and an impossible mm-hmm. metric mm-hmm. to reach mm-hmm. because you know, you'll, you'll never have enough money. Yeah. You know, for some reason, Bezos needs more money. Yeah. He's doing well. Yeah. Last time I checked, you know, he's doing okay. He's, yeah. he's not on the ramen feast yet. Um, but there's always something like that. And so I have tried early on to make the whole artistic process about self, about, about myself, about, mm. I write, I mean, my, my motto early on was, um, I write what I want to read. That, yeah, that gets. Me I read at least that on your fan. bio, yeah. and I, I I say a similar thing. Like you know, at the at the very minimum, you have to create something that you want to consume. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the it's the it's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So you know, if what you like to consume is niche, well, that's what it is. Every, everybody was telling me early, don't chase the market, and then I find people says, oh, you can chase the market. You just oh. have to write a book in a month. Music has the <laughs> same, the same. A dichotomy or mm-hmm. the same kind of push and pull between those things. I think, you know, some people, I, I, I imagine it's similar. Some people are like, listen, just write what the people want. Um, some people are like, write what you feel and, and then, you know, come what may. Um, I don't know. I think I feel kind of curious about both. By curious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, no uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, um, so, okay. So let me think. Well, I think I, you're in a, you're in a position like me where it's not, you're not absolutely required in order to turn a commercial profit on everything you create. So I, yeah. I have a little bit of a leeway in this. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not rich. Cause you're teaching and I'm stuff. I'm teaching, right. Yeah. And I, and I have, and I have investments and I have a wife and the kids are old yeah. and everything. So I, I'm in a position now yeah. that I can actually do a little bit of the, give myself that, that luxury. Yeah. Um, and it is a luxury. So, okay. So we've kind of, we've kind of like jumped to the middle. Um, I want to, I want to basically talk about three things. Okay. So, um, so one being, and like, let me just, I think I'll just tell you what they are okay. and then we can decide where you want to go. Um, so I want to talk about um, your, your skills, your creativity, and maybe, you know, talk about how you got, how you got there, what it was like, what was hard about it. Um, I, I feel like people like to look at an artist who's, who's already creating, you know, successful or, or at least completed projects and think that that's just how you started, which we know is not accurate. So I want to kind of know the story of like your actual skills, your creativity, the, the high art of it. How did it get there? Like I said, you know, what's, what were the what were the pivot points for you? What's the baggage? Okay. Um, then I'd like to talk about your career at large, maybe in terms of like what you believe success is, which we've kind of just been talking about um, in terms of like the dollars. How do you make it work? Um, uh, you know, so things like where what are your multiple streams of income? You know, how do you balance that? And then third, um, I want to talk about you know, this idea of like, you have yourself and then there's like the self that's in your art and kind of maybe how you handle that. So these kind of three different ways that maybe perception and reality or perception and experience are not quite matching. 
So I, I yeah. like to do them in that order. Okay. Well, I, I think I might have cheated you about the child prodigy thing. Um, um, uh, uh, see, uh, Rod Sterling said that you cannot teach writing. You can teach style. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure about that. I think you can't teach style, but you mm. can teach writing. Mm. But nevertheless, I, you know, as far as, are you born with this thing? I don't know. I think, I, I wonder how people without a creative outlet function. Um, the only creative outlet that seems to be rewarded primarily in this society is is the accumulation of wealth. Yeah. Um, now, as far as the child prodigy, I think it's a matter of, um, there's also an old adage that says, if you cannot write, do. Yeah. If you can find anything else to do with your life, do that. Mm. You want to run for president? Do that. Do not be a writer. Mm. If you cannot write, don't. Yeah. Don't. But if you it's can't, like a calling. Yeah. Like, if you can't not write, then you're a writer. Right. Which is which is a really high bar, and it's, it's terrifying to do that because there is nothing more full of rejection than trying to sell your. I say mm. we bleed on paper and try to sell the bandages. Oh right? man, I we're speaking the same language. The rejection. So much fatigue. rejection. Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> it just never stops. I've got an agent. She she. She buttresses me against yeah. most of it, but every once in a while, one trickles in, and I'm a I'm a basket case. I I'm, have the know, same problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. So okay, so now I know this is true, and and I have talked to some artists who are like, eh, eh, rejection. It doesn't. I haven't experienced it. Have it no doesn't. Soul. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, well, I don't, I I don't know what that's like, um, <laughs> but uh, but I but I think, uh. You know, like I said, people want to look at the awards you've gotten. They want yeah. to look at the books you've gotten published and they want to ignore all those times that you were like, you know, uh, drowning in this rejection and still like getting up again and doing it again and finding your creative voice in all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're a storyteller. What are the stories that are important to you in that realm? Or I also like to talk about people, um, I talk about people's beliefs about the origins of creativity. Okay. Um, in my, in my case, I continue to, um, once I have an agent, um, she has, we have aimed a lot higher. So I'm getting more, I'm getting as many rejections or maybe not as many, but I'm getting much higher quality rejections, mm. you know, so yeah. it's like, now, now St. Martin's says no to the story, mm. but I also have learned very, does that feel better or worse? I just don't. Yeah. I mean, okay. the, the funny thing is, is um, as, uh, Neil Gaiman is 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 a hero, and uh, he has um, why art matters. Uh, art matters anyway, and he was talking about how they don't tell you about the rejection when you get started. They don't, mm. you know, you shouldn't know that, but they also don't tell you about the success because there's this fraud syndrome that keeps floating oh, around. Yeah. With it. Imposter and, syndrome. Exactly right. Yes, imposter syndrome. And anyway, so that that happens. But in in my case, see when the question was, um, I think the. Uh, Stephen King said to be a good writer, you just keep writing. There's the idea of you have to write a million words before anything is worthy to be published. Yeah, right? it's kind of that 10,000 hours thing. Precisely. And, and I, I think there's a lot to that because it's just getting... Because when, when the muse doesn't ri arrive and you have the skills, you can muscle through it. Yeah. And that's all that's really doing for you. And you know, NaNoWriMo projects or just good essays. I don't think tweets count. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I think letters do. I think mm -hmm. journal entries do. And I think if you're actually studying these things and I, I got lucky because I did fall in love with great literature, you know, yeah. um, and, and the, my heroes did not necessarily make a ton of money. They didn't, but they, but their names are being spoken still. We yeah. still talk about Ernest Hemingway. We still talk about Fitzgerald, Hunter S. Thompson, who, right. who died in February by a self-inflicted wound. So then yeah, my heroes are 
messed up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so. But there's some, but they're also, I think you're right. I mean, they're timeless, yeah. right? It's this longevity success. There's like, there's like the success of fortune. There's the success of fame. There's the success of longevity or, um, what's and the self, word? And self-completion. Like, you, you, ha- sure. you have to always fundamentally realize that, I mean, for example, who, we, we remember Dickens. And if you're lucky, uh, you know Wilkie Collins. Do you know Wilkie Collins? I don't. Yeah, he was big. Nobody remembers him. Mm. Who was Shakespeare reading? We don't know. Yeah. So unless you are one in a zillion, you will be forgotten. Yeah. Your time upon this earth and this manifestation is a limited project. Mm. Eventually the sun will burn out and the aliens might not know you were here. Yeah. <laughs> what happens then? Yeah. So you have to have a Zen or a spiritual side to mm. understand your existence. And the creativity that you're doing must be part of that. And as far as the child priority thing, I keep coming back to that because I never thought I answered that. Um, no, I don't think I was. I think I actually came into writing at least fiction late. I don't think child prodigies, yeah. prodigies really exist. Yeah, good, good, because I'm not Maybe sure like, I'm, well, that, that's my point though. I think that's I your mean, parents forcing it on you, right? I think people love the idea that someone who's a, a successful creative, and again, that's very subjective, mm-hmm. but someone who's a successful creative, it just happened. It just, it just was the mantle you're given. It just, it just is. And they hate looking at the truth that you swam through that rejection. You kept going. So I think, you know, I'm a teacher. I teach, I teach kids and adults, but I, I, when I teach children, I find myself bothered by, you know, what is it though? that makes the child keep going. Because I don't think it's that they're a creative genius. If they were, they wouldn't get that much rejection. Um, but I think maybe the, the, the thing that maybe might be unique is that drive right, or whatever it is. I don't know if it was a drive for me as much as it was just like there didn't feel like another option. Uh, I think when you were talking about how the authors you were reading as a child... Um, felt felt so big and it felt so profound that you're like I have to I don't know I have to be in this conversation or something that's fun I'm glad you said conversation because that is actually one of the things that if if I were to make a list of the things I wanted to get out of this career joining the conversation would be one or two mm-hmm. I sometimes say I just want to scratch on the wall yeah I, I, I want to make something um they, they always, you always say that you are, you, you have an audience in mind when you're creating something, when you, mm. who, who will read this book? Yeah. And sometimes it's been me, but often I've said, this is for my grandchildren who mm. aren't born yet. Mm-hmm. They will be able to read this. Um, it's a and, legacy. Yes. Mm. And, and you know, I mean, the people who write memoirs, try to sell that to anybody outside of your family, right? Yeah. Who cares? Unless you're somebody great yeah. and that everybody's heard of. But then again, within your family, you have created a priceless heirloom. There is no comparison to that. Um, And that in itself is worthy of of, of a life of letters. And um, what what I, I think what we try to do also is we, we have heroes. Heroes are important. Yeah. And, um, and, one of the and when I was growing up, um, I kind of missed the whole fantasy thing in, in Utah. Which don't ask me how. Mm-hmm. Um, people tried. I got into science fiction, and then you know it was kind of I kind of got 
uh, I thought I was going into acting for a long time. So I read, read a lot of Shakespeare. I tried to read Shakespeare for fun. That, that doesn't really work. <laughs> that didn't work out. But then, but then again, when I've got in my literature classes and I just started really understanding what made these great. And I started wanting to be them. Okay. So the more and more, I mean, I'm reminded against, uh, again of Hunter S. Thompson, who as, an, as a child, as a beginning author, sat down at his typewriter and copied, typed the great Gatsby himself because yeah. he said he wanted to know what, what it felt like to write a great novel. And I thought, mm. wow, that's, I'd never do that. That's a waste of time. But anyway, mm. it's still kind of cool. And so, um, you know, yeah. it's who are your heroes? Now, if your heroes are, uh, you know, I mean, th- there, there are some authors that, that are still in memory that um, are very good. I mean, like Louis L'Amour, for example, wrote proficient, uh, pr- uh, he wrote, that's the word? Prolific. Like, prolific. Thank yeah. you, Emily. Prolifically. <laughs> prolifically. I'm a word guy, can you tell? And, and uh, his publisher actually had to tell him to stop publishing, to stop writing yeah. so many darn books. And, you know, and there are some people that yeah. do that. And no two people have ever had the same journey to right. success. Yeah. Uh, take a look at, for example, the one hit wonders of um, uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee. Yeah. One hit wonder. Yeah. And uh, her story of success cannot be imitated today. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you could. Um, people ask me, how, what's the best way to get published? How do you get published? Be born the only child of a big five publisher's editor. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a good chance. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, you know, it, it's slush yeah, pile. It's right. rejection. Yeah. It's who you know. It's networking. It's yeah. schmoozing. It's, yeah. it's rejection. But in her case, Truman Capote introduced her to a, to a publisher. And Truman Capote had enough pull that, uh, Harper Lee's short stories went in there and she worked with a New York editor for I think two years to work out the wow. story of To Kill a Mockingbird wow. which then became a phenomenon yeah. and it's, a, it's important to note that she never wrote another book because she knew talk about fraud syndrome yeah. she had had so much Couldn't, help doing that mm, anyway mm. and then you have somebody like um, J.K. Rowling who hit a nerve and you have um, Stephanie Meyer who, right. who caught a yeah. wave created yeah. a wave and um, and these these have commercial and social successes. Yeah. Other books, you know, I mean, I, I have I have my, my pocket favorites, and, right? Um, yeah. But, and so the the biggest lie you'll hear in this industry, and this is about on every agents and editors website, is we are looking for new voices with unique points mm-hmm. of view. No, mm-hmm. that's that's crap. Yeah, they're not looking for innovation. They're looking for imitation. They're looking for what's selling now that they know they can place now. Mm. That's a lot like that, which is popular. So there was a moment when if you had a vampire story ready to go, you were picked up. Yeah. Dystopian was hot. Now you can't get, now you can't get a ticket in New York with the dystopia. Mm. Um, so it's right place, right time and, yeah. and, and imitation. And that's why chasing the market didn't, didn't yeah. work. Um, in, yeah, if you're chasing the market, you're too late. Yeah, I, pretty much. I talk about that with my students sometimes. You know, they're like, "Well, this is really popular now," and I'm like, "Right," <laughs> which is why, like, unless your thing is ready now, it's you got to be thinking about something else, right? Uh-huh. I mean, no, yeah, it's kind of in music. I'm, I I take. I was watching um, the show about the Beatles. George, the George Harrison documentary that I think Scorsese did, and and he and Clapton. I mean, forget about this, but you know, you, you know George Harrison and yeah. Eric Clapton. Are. Yeah. And um, one of the things that came out in that documentary, I'm going to, I don't remember any direct words, but it came out this way, is um, George Harrison's uh, um, uh, love 
or his 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 he he was he was engaged with Indian music, mm. the sitar yeah. in particular. If you remember that, I think yeah. sitar has different notes. I mean, well, the, the it's just break. it's that classical. I do I know a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but it, uh, classical Indian music has like different types of scales. Right, right, right. So it's not the sitar per se as it is like the entire kind of mm-hmm. tonal universe of that music. So different so, microtones and. Right, exactly. So, but the idea here is that he received inf- inspiration from that, and that allowed him to that allowed creativity in him from his background mm. to make a new kind of yeah interesting. Oh, music. right. Well, like the fusion. I mean, fusion is like precisely because that's something that's always going to be unique when you take your like you know totally disparate like three favorite things and sort of meld them in your own way. That's where your perspective is going to be fresh. I totally agree. But that that uh, that's what I'm saying is that yeah, actually no the fusions that's that's actually a good word. Can you yeah, use that? That's a music <laughs> word, fusion. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think good writing, at least important writing or um innovative writing, comes from a good education and a broad spectrum yeah. of experience. So do you feel like, I kind of wanted to ask you about this before, um, when you were talking about how you were studying like feminist theory, Marxist theory, um, do you feel like that is, is that kind of maybe what you're talking about in some way? Like you're assimilating these different perspectives and then, you know, you are filtering them through your perspective or do you, do you feel like that's kind of a big part of how you got to be the writer you are? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm still working with these grand ideas. Yeah. Um, but also the, I, I don't have any one genre. Yeah. Which I think is very useful. If all you ever read is fantasy, you'll probably write a good fantasy yeah. novel. But if you read some Westerns, that might actually give you a, an edge yeah. that, that wouldn't be there. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, the, it's the innovation. Now, it, for me, having these, I'm, I've, I've been very politically conscious for a long time, yeah. and I still am. And I'm always wrestling with these greater ideas. I mean, I mean, my, um, even some of them are very spiritual ideas. My yeah. last book, What a Mortal Hand, I am... It, 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 I went to a dark place, and um, it's it's a it's a story about a a detective, a burned out insurance investigator who's tasked with searching for a missing truck in Nevada. Yeah, it's an old case. He's burning out. They give it to him just as a favor. Anyway, he goes out there, and, and in the first part of three books, in the first first third of the of the book, he kind of finds the driver. And the mystery is no longer what happened to the truck. It's mm. why do I know where to find the body? Huh. And the book, I mean, it, it strolls out yeah. as this weird psychological thriller. And yeah. it, it has to do with, um, and, but ultimately what my discussion was is I was unable for a long time in my life to, to come. I was wrestling with the idea of good and evil yeah. and God. Mm. And it is, it is a very, it is a very, I mean, it doesn't look this way, but for in, in thematically, I am wrestling with the ideas of, of God. How, why yeah. do good things happen to bad people? Yeah. Is this particular format, what's appropriate to this? And yeah. how is it that we only have saints from one side and not mm. the other? Mm-hmm. Um, and these, yeah. kind, and this is kind of, but it's all, it all comes out in, in this um, psychological thriller. Okay. And, yeah. and that's what I was coming from the inside out. And sure. And to do the research on that, uh, and, and and this is where writing really can pay off because if you have an idea like this, then you go do the research yeah. and you find out, I had to go into, I did a, the theme is about the goddess Kali of, of, of India. So of course, um, the, the spark of it was probably, um, the song of Kali, okay. a, a book, um, uh, by, uh, 
it'll come to me. Um, but anyway, Song of Kali, a book I read as a uh, with my wife a long time ago. Okay. We, we re- read books out loud together. That's it's great. So romantic. I love it. It's scary. Yeah. But, but then I get to go research Hinduism. Yeah. And I get to research their worldview. Right. And this opens it up. And so that, I mean, many people I know who love writing love the research part of it because yeah. it gives you a goal to be to learn more. Mm-hmm. And this is one, and one of my pet peeves is I, when I teach creative writing are people who self-limit what they're willing to do. Yes. If, if I, 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 I won't read that. It hurts a bad book. I won't watch that movie. It's rated R. I, 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 I just, I don't, oh, I feel I, so I don't strongly this. about this as well. And I think, you know, you, you should have a, you should be involved with the culture because as, as an artist, as you know, this, and yeah. I know this is we are actually the vanguard of society. We are the, we are the historians. We, we are the focusers. What we, we take, all of reality, culture, society, and we frame it and we focus it. Whether it's 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 in, in, in a fusion mix of where where our moods are now, we are a reflection of our society. Yeah. And that is a very, very high responsibility position to yeah. be in. Yeah. And even if we're just doing it for two people, your, your beta readers or yeah. your parents, I mean, you have changed the Not my the parents. No, not mine either. No. <laughs> um, but, but think about it. See, I, I've come to the point where um, I believe that creation is, if the only person who sees your creation is you, yeah. you have still changed the universe dramatic, uh, yeah. fundamentally. I mean, it, the people who write journal, I mean, think think of um, Anne Frank. She would have changed the universe by writing that even yeah. had a journal not been discovered. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and I always think about some Indian woman on the plane in the year 300, before the whites came, who had a whole life, raised children, had ups and downs, and of course, as the Bible says, you know, God knows the flight of every sparrow. Yeah. That counted. Yeah. That matters. Yeah. Which is, you have to get Zen when you get this much rejection. Yeah. Right. Are you familiar with, um, have you read Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic? No. But uh, I, I've, I, have a, I have a story you have with a thing. her. I have a story about her. So <laughs> I, I haven't read any of her other books, um, but I read this book, Big Magic, which is, a, it's, it's written for artists. It's for creatives. And she talks about uh, creativity in this kind of magical way. The, um, the genius, right? Well, I don't know. I don't, I, maybe we're not, I'm not sure if we're talking about the same thing, but okay. she talks about that ideas are kind of like embodied in a way and they will, you know, in so many words, knock on, knock on the door of this or that creative. And if that creative is like receptive to that idea, then, you know, he or she can, uh, be the kind of bearer of that idea. And I, I think maybe, I think maybe you're, you're saying a similar thing, which is that like your story, um, no matter who, who gets it or who sees it or who reads it or who hears it, um, is having this kind of embodied worth. There, I think that's true. I, I, I think, I mean, if you believe in reality, I mean, one of the things I struggle with, and this was recently, there's a concept in writing called pantsing versus plotting. Okay. Where you approach a project, do you just sit down and you write when the muse comes? Yeah. And you see where you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, there are some very famous pantsers out there, a Stephen King. Um, you just kind of go. Yeah, he go. He, yeah. he calls it situational writing, but and that's pantsing. Yeah, that's pantsing. Okay. That's writing by the seat of your pants. You have okay, no plan. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But, but 
but Stephen, that's how I do it. You see, but which is which which is really putting a lot of trust <laughs> elsewhere. Um, and, but in Stephen King's case, you start with the creepy clown and you end with a spooky space spider. Yeah. What? And oh. you, you write yourself into yeah, corners. Yeah, no, I don't do that. And, but and there's also the plotting where you sit down, you have an outline of what right. you do, and the creativity. A lot of the creativity is done before you actually start putting right. words on the page. And you create your a template. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you know where you're going. Yeah. Now I, I write a lot of mysteries where I kind of I I need to know what happened so yeah. I can figure it out. Um, some people I know solve mysteries by pantsing and they don't yeah. know who did it until the final chapter. Wow. I feel robbed. I feel yeah. cheated by those people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because if you take that to a larger notion, you have to look spiritually and you ask yourself, is God a pantser or a plotter? Is there mm-hmm. a reason for this or is he making this up as mm-hmm. he goes along? If yeah. you believe in this. And the funny thing is um, to come come back to your idea about the the genius, we call it the muse okay. or, or the genius. Yeah. And there comes a moment when you're really plugged in. Some people call it the zone. Yeah. Where yeah, you yeah. the flow the flow when yeah. you stop writing and you're taking dictation, mm, mm. and there oh, yeah. it's transcend it's transcendental yeah they're, it's transcendent there's something possessing you you become a yeah. conduit for something and it yeah. is it is strange yeah and, and it is magic and that's those tend to be the best written yeah parts of it where after the fact you're like how did I do that how did you do that's that? not I could never do that yeah. again <laughs> and um. Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, in her TED talk, I think, uh, talks about the genius that comes in. Yeah, I'm and, sure it's the same thing. Yeah. I don't remember that word, but well, she called it the genius because in the old, as I believe uh, the concept goes, in ancient times, authors wouldn't sign their work because mm-hmm. you know they were just they, they're just a, a, a they were the conduit. secretary, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, secretary don't sign it. It's it's the genius. It's Zeus. Yeah. It's whoever. And there's some truth to that, I think. And so it's. Being, it's like a bit it, of like that collective conscious or something yes. like someone's story is hitting you. Like maybe that woman, you know, we don't have her story written, right. but maybe it's, maybe it's landing. But it mattered. I, I it like mattered. that idea. So, yeah. so I know one day I'll be forgotten unless I get really lucky. And, but I mean, we have one, we have one author we remember from the, from the 1600s. We have one from the 1400s and yeah. then we have nobody. Yeah. And, oh, well, we have a, okay, we have some Greeks, uh, a Roman. Um, but no, fame is fleeting. Yeah. Life is fleeting. I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to, um, no, yeah, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. And so you, ha- you have to find reason in that. The big magic, and see, I think that's something else is that, you know, I don't, you know, it, there's just some kind of a, the creative process isn't, a, isn't of itself um, a growth. It, 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 it is using both sides of your brain any way you want to look at it. It is it is kind of a drug. Yeah. It is it is a wonderful. Yeah. I, I call it a spiritual experience, and this is in and of itself enough to keep me writing. If I never publish another story as long mm. as I live, I enjoy the fact that I can work on these things. I just finished yeah. a, a trilogy, a science fiction trilogy, which I don't even know it's publishable, but I had to work through some social issues. Mm. Um, I it's it the. It's called Coronam, and maybe it'll come out. I have high hopes it will. Um, that it was, um, I, I started with the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Remember that down in yes. Virginia where the, they well, disappeared? Well, I did watch the American Horror Story. Oh, uh, well, okay. It. All right. Well, I, I missed that thing. Goodness. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. It wasn't, wasn't good. good. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I did some research on this and I said, you know, I like this. I can write yeah. this. This has got my imagination away. I just don't like how it ended. I'll uh-huh. put it in the science fiction world and uh-huh. do what I want. Great. And um, and then I got, to, then while I'm dealing with, with that and the repercussions of it, I'm dealing with the whole, I, then I come with the idea of utopia. Could I come up mm. with a perfect society? I could not, mm-hmm. which I was very honest with, but I could come up with a better one. Yeah. And that was my idea. Yeah. And I got, 
450,000 words out of that in a trilogy. Wow. And it was so hard. And so now I'm writing something lighter. It's yeah. So much, so, <laughs> anyway. I just I just finished recording a new album. In fact, I haven't even listened to my masters yet. Oh. I, I just got them like two days ago. Um, and I also feel exhausted by this part, this project. It feels heavy to me. And I also think I'm thinking about some of these like big gender things and mm. God things. And it's not a novel, but but it is an album, oh. which is, you know, there's a lot. So I, I, I feel that. And that's, that's why this project is exciting for me, because this feels, this feels fun. Okay, so... Um, that's beautiful. I'd <laughs> like to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's called Masks. So, Ooh. again, it's kind of like, do the... And that's, this conversation feels like in a, re, in a related field. Um, but yeah, what, what's happening on the inside, what's happening on the outside, do the things. So like, you know, sometimes I think your art is a mask, you know, your, your, the, the actual, your book, or even like the, the writing of the book is, is kind of a mask, but it's the type of mask that says like, Hey, here's Johnny through this filter, or here's like, you know, it, it's enabling you to have a conversation that maybe you couldn't have face to face, but you can have it through your art. Um, that's something that I sometimes feel. I kind of think it's sometimes the opposite with me. Um, mm. I know some authors can, um, who, who actually divorce themselves, but and they're very, they're excellent writers. They're very, yeah. they, they can write quickly. They can write to theme. Or not nothing. They, they can fulfill the the deadlines. Journalists, for example, are good, yeah. good thing. Uh, in mine, I think I believe I think I'm more exposed in my books, at least some facets of it. Yeah. I think often. Um, you said that before. You're you're bleeding into yeah. it. Yeah. And and I say, if you really want to know who I am, read my books. Yeah. Um, because the the, the, the the what I look like, the mask I'm wearing now, is different than the. I mean around any different situation, I'm going to be a different person. Um, yeah. Conferences, I'm one person. As a teacher, I'm another. Right. With my kids, I'm a third. With my wife, I, I don't. I let her talk. And, you know, <laughs> she's, um, and, but it's, it's still, a, it, 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 you never know who you are. And so when I sit down, there's always a level of introspection because the writer always bleeds, Absolutely. always shows through. Well, that's how it is for me anyway. I, I think you're right. And that's why I want to have these conversations because there, I have talked to a lot of people who are like, no, I disappear in it. Like I'm not in my, I, like the thing that I love about it is that like I disappear in the stuff that I'm creating. And I feel for me, like it's, it's introspective and it's like almost self-discovery. Like I kind of feel like, well, there's this thing. I don't really own it, but I'd like to kind of explore that a little bit. And then in creating the thing that I feel like once it's made, then it's mine. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, it, there's always the issue about can you di- can you divorce an author from or an artist from his art? Yeah. Uh, there's uh, remember when um, Cat Stevens, who everyone loved, folk singer, you know, mm-hmm. looking for a hard headed right, woman. right, right. And then and then he turned out to be a radical Muslim calling for the yeah. death of Ahmed Rushdie. Yeah. And so we had to deal with that. And yes. then there was uh, uh, Picasso. Picasso. What did Picasso do? How do you piss everyone off? Uh, he was having relationships with teenage girls. Oh, okay, yeah, there's that. Okay, but in but in kind of like a really misogynistic way, yeah. and kind of talked about it in a way that was. It's in the zeitgeist right now, I think, because of. Did you happen to see that a uh, Hannah Gadsby, Nanette? No. Oh, I've heard of it. Go it. watch it. It's so good. 
Um, she talks about it. I thought I I thought maybe because of the kinds of interest you've been saying that you would have seen it. And but uh, I, but no, but no, I totally <laughs> yes. So I'm 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 with you. But, so but I, so I, then what? Yeah. Well, for example, in um in me, like there uh, in the brand demand, I have I I have a very militant um, anti Mormon who has issues, mm. and this was a character I wanted to bring in. Um, I I counteract her arguments with 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 a believer on this other side and they have an argument, okay. but it has upset some people that I would voice that. Mm. And, um, but you know what, that, that's part of the debate. Um, yeah. These kind of things. And, um, I, you know, I, it, it's not necessary for the, but it's, it's an interesting hiccup to discuss, uh, re, re, I'm a big believer in writing for adults, if okay. you will. Yeah. And even though I, um, my bestseller is still a young adult, I honestly think it's hidden. I think it's, uh, I, I think I wrote very thema- very adult stuff. Yeah. And, and, my young adult audience has very much reacted to it. Mm. Um, and you know, you don't write down to these kids because if they're yeah. reading their, their heads oh, I feel farther so, than anybody else. Right. Yes. But like, but then sometimes it's rather difficult and you, people who like, like with Cat Stevens, when he wrote these very loving, tender, accepting songs that help so many people out. And then when his, then he kind of got weird and then like Orson Scott Card, who everyone adored. Mm-hmm. And then, and mm-hmm. then he came out so publicly, proposal publicly and, and, and vehemently against um, the LGBT community. Yeah. And that that's kind of that. Or William Shatner, who yeah. I understand is a jerk, but everyone loves Shatner as yeah. Kirk, you know? So yeah. it's difficult to keep all these things together. So um, on the other hand, I do always want to say these are my children, but I, there is a distance. Yeah. This is who I was at one point. Yeah. And I don't know where I am well, now. Maybe it started out that. as some of you and then... You know, other things came in. Then you had an editor and they changed the the to an uh and everything changed. Or I just mean, I know, I think when I'm writing, I... I, I tend to be a very, so I think I'm pantsing a little, like I've got a, I maybe have, I like to write to theme too. So like, I think of like a concept, I think of a concept for like an album. See, that's, and that's not I, pantsing. That's, that's with an idea. But I think in an individual song, I'm pantsing a little. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, something like this. And I kind of like, let it, let it be. And then I stop and go like, okay, well, who is it now? And sometimes it's a song that like, when it's finished, I'm like, this is so me. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know who we're like that. This is not, this does right. not agree with my experience. Well, yeah, I know everyone's on a spectrum on this. Um, unless you write a 200 word, a 200 page outline for a 200 page story, you're going to have some moments of creativity within it. Um, and then that, you know, in this chapter, I need to describe this scene with this character and then it comes out. And then this actually, with the nuances of writing, will change all of that. I still have a goal. I yeah. still have something in mind in the back of my mind, which is what keeps me in line. Yeah. Which basically, see the promise you have to make as a writer to the, to the reader. And, and this is where the pantsing kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great pantsers out there mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. books are excellent. You know, and mm-hmm. some of my, some of my best work has just come out spontaneously. George R.R. R. Martin is a famous pantser, I think, but that tells you why his books aren't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always found that if I had an outline, the book got done anyway. So, um, but I, I will yeah. play these things, but the promise you make and particularly with, with mysteries, for example, is that everything in the book is there for a reason. You're not just getting, you know, mm. it's like Stephen King's um, The Stand, where he had written so many characters, he didn't know what to do with them. He had no yeah. goal. So he had to blow them up in mm. a cabin in Colorado. Yeah. He talks about this on, in On Writing and what a great moment it was. I feel kind of cheated. Yeah, you're kind of like, well, yeah. yeah, sure. You know, we start with the, you know, and don't get me wrong, but his skill and his storytelling ability 
transcends even that. So he has a different style. It's just not mine. Yeah, yeah. And everybody has 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 the different habits. So I don't, I don't think necessarily that you're... See, I don't even know how to even outline a song. I can't even well, imagine that. Well, that's what I'm that. saying. It's not the same thing yeah, because yeah. there... You know, if there's a, like maybe a character is like some mo- motive, you know, some some musical idea. And if I don't... I like, I just delete it. You know, it's like the structure of the song stays there, but it, you can't, you can't do that with people. You know? Who are you guys? Who, who inspires you? I mean, I mean, Oh, I love like, well, I love like the Eagles. So, I mean, that's the stuff that's nostalgic for me. Yeah, and like, they did and right. then I love like the eighties, like, uh, you know, like Toto. So in terms of like Sonic Universe, I'm kind of into that that kind of stuff. And then for jazz, like my favorite favorite is like Pat Metheny. Um, you know, but I mean, but I think I tend to love most stuff that's that's like vaguely unpleasant, but beautiful. Like it's beautiful, but it's got a little bit of like. And and I hate to say that, but this was I, this one is what makes you an artist. There's a famous line that. Uh, uh, Unhappy endings get you talked about. Happy mm. endings get you read, perhaps. Mm. But once I think, and, and there's kind of a, there's always a difference between um, the, a, de, a debate about craftsmen versus artist. Craftsmen will produce a lot of product. Uh, craftsmen, I mean, an artist will create the one masterpiece and that's kind of hmm. thing. Yeah. And again, every, everyone's on a scale. Yeah, there's art and there's craft. Right. Sure. And so uh, we talked earlier about joining the conversation. Yeah. So you have joined the conversation with the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> and because you reference them. Yeah. I mean, in my book, What a Mortal Hand, yeah. I, the quote comes from the Blake poem, Tiger, Tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night, yeah. what immortal hand or eye yeah, yeah, yeah. could frame thy fearful okay. symmetry? And so yeah. I've honestly, I've grabbed him and said, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Listen, cool. Listen, I'm in your conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you now. Yeah. And basically, and that particular poem, which was one of the inspirations, and the book just fell together like, yeah. it, I honestly think it's it's a masterpiece, just as far mm-hmm. as thematically all the pieces fell yeah. together. It's based around two poems. But in that particular story, Blake is, is you know, looking at the tiger, a, a, mm. the, a killer. Yeah. And says, you're beautiful. Yeah. And the, the, the pivotal line in that is, did he who made the lamb make thee? Right. Yeah, and that's the question that he lives yeah. and answered. That I, my book explores. I'm not yeah. sure I answered it, but I got a good adventure out of it. Woo! Great, yeah, I love it. Okay, well, here's a question. I believe that most, you know, successful creatives, and my definition of that is, you're able to avoid a day job. You know, yes. maybe like you know, kind of you're you're doing it enough. Uh, that it's what you're doing. Um, so I believe that successful creatives by and large and maybe always have both art and craft. You have to. I think yes. you have to. Yeah, yeah. So you have you have enough craft that you can make room for the art. You have enough art that uh, it infuses your craft. Um, so for you, in kind of like just a real practical sense, what's the art and what's the craft in, in your career? Hmm. I see. Yeah, it's it's you know I definitely want the the validation of more published works. Um, that has that has always been key. Um, on the other hand, though, uh, because of ah, we are shooting so high right now, and I've done very well with some small and mid sized. You mean publishers. we, you and your agent? Me and my agent, yeah, okay. right? And my 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 I got a your small my pub- team, yeah. Okay, um, which is actually me and my agent are the only ones I can really count on. Hey, Terry. Uh, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I haven't, you know, the, the, the money that keeps me 
the day job comes from, I still have the day job. Yeah. I, you know, I teach at the university. But it's a day job that's yeah. in the universe of your, Absolutely. of your art. That's what I'm saying. Like your art infuses your craft. So mm-hmm. if, so the way that I'm kind of thinking of it, maybe craft is the, is the teaching craft is like, what else do you do? Where, where else do dollars come from? Well, um, that isn't maybe like, books? I was, I was, well, I was, <laughs> I came out of the, uh, I came out of the, uh, um, the housing bubble, not a housing bubble. I had some very good investments. Okay. And so I've been able to practically early retire. Okay. So that's um, a resource. Yeah. I, I have background resources and I've limited, um, and we've, we've scaled back. The kids have moved out. Our house is paid for. We've lay, layered out a lot of stuff. So if, as a, yeah. as a group and Isn't but, there something else that you do. I'm also tra- president of the League of Utah Writers, but yeah. that doesn't pay. That's volunteer. I think that that's still craft, though. Oh, without a it's doubt. It's a network. It's um, it's it's staying in a conversation, staying connected. Um, yeah, I would told I would include that in craft. It's oh, not your a doubt. it's not your high art, but it's in this universe that, like, when all put together, maybe allows you to keep making that high art. I agree. There is. Um, when I, you know, I took the took the teaching job because of this. I believe, um, well, on a mercenary note, I've always thought, you know, when, when I got started with this, I just decided to be the author I wanted to be my life. I had no idea there was another writer in the world. I just put that out of my brain. Yeah. I, I faked it till I made it. Yeah. And I told myself um, that one of the rules that I have to live by is that it was an old rule that I learned that if you want to achieve your dreams... You must help others reach theirs, hmm. which I know sounds kind of hoity-toity, but no, I believe I've, that. I mean, I'm a teacher too. Yeah, so, so you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And and if I didn't, if I wasn't involved with with the writing community, if I wasn't teaching writing and seeing other people writing and give them something that I've learned. Yeah. I mean, some, some many of my writers in my writing class are are better writers than I am. Yeah. And I darn, I hate to say that, but I'm sorry, kids, you're doing great. Uh, you know, other adults, but um, but I can give them something that I learned. Yeah. Because. I, I think in publishing, perhaps, that is, I've heard it said it is the biggest enterprise in America run entirely by amateurs. Huh. Because you got to love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so this, this is why I continue to do it. If I didn't have this outreach with other writers, sharing experiences, because let's face it, we're all crazy people who sit in dark rooms talking to invisible friends. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult. Um, and I was going to ask way, you a question. Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, in in the in our first draft writing process as a writer, we were alone, yeah. And very quickly, second levels, we bring in other readers and editors and yeah. other voices. What is your experience with editors? I write alone. I, I mean, I don't. I've never had an editor. You've never I, had anybody I, come in and say, "We're going to bring up the okay, base on this." Or yeah, that. no, no, no. So that would say uh, that's. I would say that's not an editor. That's so the way my experience is more like I write alone. I write the song alone, and then. Um, so for me, that means how many measures is it? What's the melody? What are the lyrics? What are the chords? Um, and then I find a producer. Producer, that's your word. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, and, and I've only done two, I mean, I've only done two albums, so who knows? <laughs> that's I mean, two more than most everyone I'm just saying of. like this might not, I'm not saying that this is how it will always be. This is just the experience that I've had. And both of my albums have been this way. Um, I write all the music alone and then, uh, and then find a producer who I feel good about. And then the producer has influence on the actual recording, not the song. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, it does. So like the song that's written, mm-hmm. I did that. 
And then the song that's recorded, the producer is having input input in, which is huge. But I see it as like, I wouldn't call it writing. You know what I mean? No, it, but it, I think there's a good parallel there. Yeah. And um, it, it there is something to be said about, we're talking about the Eagles. One of the reasons why the Eagles were so successful, I believe, is because they were a super band when they were made. Yeah. And they were basically allowed to do what they wanted. They were allowed to experiment. They were allowed to innovate. Yes. Whereas the, the up and coming it musician- It doesn't happen as much anymore. Happen. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this topic right now. We are so bad at letting young, and I mean, I don't mean young in age, I mean young in your, you know, your art journey or whatever. We're so bad at letting young creatives be messy, explore, like stretch out. And I think it's devastating. I, I was thinking about this in, the, in similar terms. Um, I, I have an adage that says that today, it has never been easier to get published, but mm. it has never been harder to be read. Yeah. And this, because we have, and, and, and what I'm talking about here is the self publishing phenomenon. Right. Well, and it's independent musician. Independent it's, musician. It's the definitely indie. a parallel. And that's, and that is where, let's face, that's where a lot of the real interesting stuff has happened. And the yes. mainstream, you see, I'm, I'm shooting now for the mainstream. Okay. I've, I've never, I've never self published before. I'm, I'm considering it now because of this, um, well, for economic reasons and because of, um, uh, the issues of of this one book. Okay, anyway, yeah. So what you're saying is like I'll be hybrid probably by this okay. time next year. Okay, but um, in the meantime, that, that that doesn't mean I'm not shooting. I'm not swinging for the fences on everything else, right? Because um, th- th- there's an old adage that old adage. I can't say there's new added old <laughs> adage. With this. Anyway, I've heard it said that if you want to be rich, self-publish. If you want to be famous, go traditional. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. This parallel in music exists as well. Um, if you want to have money, you do things that, yeah, no one sees. And then, like, but this, so this is totally what I'm here for. People on the outside see success in these ways that are so mysterious and so not how they are. Um, there's the success of the followers and the fame, like I said before, and there's the success of financial stability. And those things are not related mostly never or there's um the critical successes or and who's the critic i mean we talk about how much rejection in there you know it's as bad as rejection success yeah i absolutely i've stopped reading amazon reviews because the the good ones bother me as much as the bad ones why because i think i'm unworthy it's the imposter syndrome it's like you know are you just saying this are you you buttering me do i know you yeah and um really you know i I get i get emails from people Mm. and and they just always move me because that they're my children it's why editors are so hard it's like you know it's taking your kid okay we like your child he's got nice hair but we're gonna have to take off both his legs and replace him with bionic tentacles what you know yeah that's always an issue sounds cool (laughs) but it's still (laughs) bionic tentacles where that come from (laughs) Um, but it, it's, it's, it, you, I just don't know how to do it. And it, 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 I can't think that I'm, I need to write for those reviews. I mean, I'm glad that people have found something in my books and I found something, you know, everything has to be a niche or it's, it's just redundant. I mean, we're trying to, for example, with, uh, in what a mortal hand, we're working on screenplays for that now. Okay. So, um, there's Great. hope, there's hope to see that done. Cause I've always, you know, as a film guy I've always want I always think that'd be nice to have my my yeah. stuff presented out there and I, I believe I will yeah. so you have to also keep optimistic which absolutely. means you have to absolutely live in a state of denial 
because Ooh, the odds are against yeah. you, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. don't even think about it. Don't even think well, about it. Well, no, I, I agree with you. And I think for me anyway, I could try to work toward fame, but I'm not... How do you even? Uh, the thing, you can't the chase idea, for it. You have to catch yeah, it, right? The idea that I just keep coming back to is like the only type of success that I think I can, like, for lack of a better word, count on is just finishing the project. I think and, that's it. And then, and then I have to feel like I. I think sometimes I don't believe this, but I'll, but sometimes I do. <laughs> then, what? That uh, that like the. The success is just finishing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you have do you have the rush at the end? Yes. Well, for me, I get really excited during the daytime, and then I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, oh, yeah. "What have I done?" Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's a rush at the end. It's like at the end of each day, I'm oh. like, "That was awesome," and then in the middle of the night, I'm like, "I'm a failure." Um, but I. But I think I do feel like I feel so. Um, well, when your album's done, isn't there a moment of exhilaration? Isn't there a, a moment of just ecstasy? Well, I get that maybe at the end of, end, of, end of a book. When, what end are you talking about? Well, for for me, it's a rough draft. When when I finally okay, when I get so through the yeah. first project, when I, when I get through the whole novel, and I put the end on it, yeah, I wait for it. And if it's not there, I have to go back and yeah. fix it. And and but no. if it's there, it's a two day high. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I am bulletproof. Yeah. I I I weigh nothing. I'm a feather on the wind. I am a bubble of joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For two solid days. I get it. I get it when I finish the song. Okay. When it's played through. And then, and then, yeah, a few days later, I'm like, oh my God. Oh, well, yeah. It's terrible. And then, you know, and then I start a new song and it starts over and I'm like, I don't know anything about music. What am I even doing? Will I ever write a song again? And then when that song's finished, then I'm like, this is amazing. I'm a genius. How did I come up with this? And then a few days later, what was I thinking? So for me, it's like... I think it's all the same. I think we're the same way. Yeah. Everyone goes to bed feeling sorry for Shakespeare and wake up reaching for the flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's not like an... I don't see it as an end. It's like a cycle. It's like... It has to be. But it's these little beginnings and ends, I think. Yeah. I think that's part of the self-discovery process, which art is trying to do for us. I think if somebody says, oh, this is great, forever and they never question it i think that's a narcissistic creep i don't know who they are for me i i i mean mm. i i can't read my old work anymore without mm-hmm. cringing yeah i when i do readings i edit yeah um you know i'm gonna skip i should not have used this word you know. at all how'd this get through is that an italics no and it's um and i can't can't stop it yeah. it's why because i think i mean the famous line is art is never completed it's only abandoned Right, that's why when you said when 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 you get to the end, I'm like, eh, yeah, when's the really? end? When's the end? Because uh, it's always it's always changing. Um, okay, all right. So we've this interview has gone a very different way than oh, most sorry. of my interviews do. No, ah. it's no, it's fine. It's just <laughs> usually usually I I'm able to keep it chronological, which help which helps me stay focused. Oops. So now, no, no, it's fine. I'm I. I'm I think tangentially. <laughs> Uh, you know, how dare you? Um, but, uh, okay. So I think maybe I want to ask you some very specific things. Um, what was the experience? So, okay. When you, did you, here's, this is just a yes or no. Mm -hmm. Did you decide to write your first book or were you starting a bunch of things and there was just one that you finished? Uh, begin, middle and end. I started my book. I, okay. One project at a time. Okay, great. Okay, that's helpful. So, um, your first book, was there a moment where you were like, oh, 
I'm going to write a book. Or does that make sense? Like, did you decide to write a book? Yes. Okay. And how did that, was that difficult? Did you feel an imposter syndrome even thinking, I'm going to write a book? Uh, no, because I, when I first, my first books, um, I hadn't thought about publishing them. I just needed to write them. Okay. I, I, in my life, I'd always have some, I'd, I'd always had a writing outlet, whether it's uh, writing for a company newsletter or it's creating a Dungeons and Dragons okay. campaign. As so a maybe child. the thing I'm wondering then is when you finish the first book, I, I want to know the story of like that moment where you. Or if there's a mo- if there's this moment, I want to know the story of it, where you're like, I am a writer. That happened um, with the writing of Finger Trap. Okay, and, and that, that's and that's when which, I realized it, which it, book? It, it is my it is my comedy mystery, the one I'll probably have to self publish now. But which like, uh, that was probably my. Your... F- uh, let's see, I think I'd written that one. One, I'd had Beatrice Hill and the Brand Demand. That's and my those third. are published. Those are published. So those are published, and you still don't feel like you're a writer. No, they uh, they, they were published after I wrote. I was actually oh. on writing in my third or fourth book before the first one got picked up. Okay. But at this point, I never really thought about it so much. I'd had um, Beatrice Hill was earlier, but um, and I thought Beatrice Hill had a lot going for it. It was there was yeah. nothing else like it. What and, is that like? I'm sorry, I totally no, no, interrupted you, but but I'm whatever. It's my no, podcast. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> no, no, it's like a good. Um, uh, <laughs> what what is that like? having several books finished and like, did you feel apologetic about it? If someone's asking you like, what are you doing? Or, you know, when are you going to start writing? And you're like, I've already written these books. They're not published. I didn't think of myself as a writer. I thought myself as a hobbyist at that point, an amateur. Yeah. But, um, when I explored myself with the finger trap, I realized it, it came to me. This is yeah. what I wanted to do. Okay. This is this is the only. I, I've, it's more of a desire than an approval. It's the first time I've ever had a vocation. I felt I want. I mean, I've had it in the background my whole life. Yeah. And, okay. And um and it was just it was and then I had uh, my last my last business I owned uh, folded and I, went, I had a war chest. I said, you know what? I'm get, I'm not getting any younger. I've got to do this. And mortality. Don't get me wrong. Mortality is a huge driver. That's a motivator. Yeah. And I um, feel that too. And so I did that. And then with Beatrice Hill, I knew I had something there, but I honestly was miss. I didn't know what I had. I'm you know I thought I had a love story. Yeah. It's about right. a demon of love okay. anyway. Yeah. And the, the brand demand was late getting published because it was not a good story. I think that was the first thing I wrote. Yeah. It, it required more editing than anything I've ever written. It was very rough. It's my yeah. first book, but I, we finally beat it in, in, into it, but I couldn't get it published in the state. And, um, it's my poorest seller, but it's, okay. I don't know how to sell it. Yeah. I don't know how to sell anything. I hate being a it's marketer. Niche. I don't want to be a marketer. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a writer. I want an ivory tower. I've got, I got the furniture fixed. But, um, mm. but the moment I decided I was going to be a writer, that I was going to, that this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I want to make this work. This is how I define myself. This is what I enjoy. This is the challenge that will keep me going longer than the list of careers I've had. Because my character, Tony Flanner, which is in The Finger Trap, has, is the joke is that his wife calls him seven months because that's as long as he'll keep a job on average mm. and he changes hobbies every seven months. Mm. And um, there's a great parallel there. Yeah. And uh, then he becomes a detective and he kind of realizes, okay, this might last longer than that. He's still yeah. not sure, but that's kind of what it wants. So, and there's also the idea of completion. Did it kind of feel like a necessity to you? At like, that point it did. It was like, well, this is what it is. 
I, it, so, it's, you know, I, it, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. You, you, it, it, it just was the first time I got a like pair of said, gloves that fit. Like you said, if you can't not write, if you, if you cannot write, mm-hmm. don't write. Yeah, sure. And then I, I, I did studying and then I knew I had a different voice and I knew I liked writing what I wanted to write. Yeah. And, um, I, I, that when I, when, in one of my businesses, I started a bagel shop in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I read about that. Yeah. That's, the, that's cool. I yeah. mean, it had a lot. And uh, the, the yeah. people that helped me set that up, I said, well, what about my competition? He said, never think about your competition. Yeah. They need to think about you. And I just took that kind of Ooh. folded it up and I have to, and I just ignored all other things. And I realized late, I, it really sunk in late of how truly subjective the art world is, is what I think is great. What other people think are great. You, you know, one person's meat is another person's yeah. poison. Absolutely. And sometimes it's just, it's like a reputation thing. Like, ugh, barf. Well, yeah, um, there, there, are, there are people that get stuff. Oh, Dan Simmons wrote uh, Song of Cully. Uh, but sometimes, but he, oh, okay. yeah, he also there wrote uh, Hyperion, which is fantastic, but he wrote Flashback, which is a disaster. Um, and, mm. and once you get a certain level, people give you more creed. Um, oh, man, isn't you know? that hard, though? And you're like, but I need it when I'm fragile. I know. It's I know. so hard. But I but I guess that's it, though. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like people look at creatives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the people who loved writing, loved writing, whatever, um, who I'm sure are like, oh, I'm so jealous that you're a writer. Like, do, do you ever get that? I do, but the, it's, 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 it's lost some of that. It's, so, you know, it's okay, just doing so, it. Right. So I, I think this is my point, though. Like, there is this weird mythology about creatives that like someone gave you permission at some point or someone was like, Johnny, you're a writer. And you're like, no, that never happened. That never happened for, I think the vast majority of us. It's just this weird thing where you're, you just, you're doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it. And then at some point you're like, Oh, I'm a musician or, Oh, I can never be anything other than a writer. This is just, I've, I've, I've arrived here. It is interesting to think about that. I would try to think of, um, it, there seems to be legacies in, in acting. You know, Douglas, right? We had uh, um, Douglas, um, Kirk Douglas's father was, uh, oh gosh. I don't know. Uh, I don't, it, I don't it's, know. it's breaking my mind. Okay. Uh, the, anyway, that, that could be things, but I, I don't know many writers. Well, I do know some writers who came into it legacy. Anne Hillerman is a close friend of mine and her father, Tony Hillerman, did, mm-hmm. um, invented a genre. Which, okay. which is a wonderful thing to do, but for the most part, um, you know, and you you get, um, for example, the 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 trick is also to always, like I say, how subjective it is. It's also just a matter of dumb luck. It's right place, oh, yeah. right time, and serious connections. There's never not politics going on, and yeah. it's a small world. So you don't don't want to make everyone mad, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is interesting. Until you reach a certain level, then who cares? Yeah. Um, but it's it's um, you know as far and they're they're different levels, and this might be and even like. When you submit it to an editor, this book would be would have been perfect last year. Mm-hmm. I would have picked it up, mm-hmm. given you a million dollars. Two like, years later, I'm not one of the. Just even like the mood the editor's oh, in that day. He got a bad bagel. I'm uh, not going to get red today. Yeah, you know, and and that and this is what you're doing. This is how you bang your head on the wall. Yeah, and um, the, the hard, one of the hardest things I'd had to do is the rejection. Without yeah. a doubt, when I before I had my agent, I was sending out five queries a week for yeah. for whatever. And you know why five? Why? Because if I got six rejections, I couldn't function. Yeah. Five was my limit. Um, I love to talk about like vulnerability in art. Because, oh, you know, when you've published a book and you put it out and you're, you're promoting it or it's being promoted, that looks so confident, right? It looks very confident. 
Um, so is there any, like anything you want to say about like, wh- how do you deal with that rejection? How do you do it? Yeah. Well, once the, um, the litmus, one, one good thing about going with, um, traditional publishing is it, it has been curated. Somebody has thought it had some quality at some point. If you, if you're completely indie, um, there is still the idea that, uh, you just did this cause no one else liked it, you know, and that's, that's the stigma. And it's also, but, but more and more it's becoming that the gatekeepers are locked to you. You haven't, mm-hmm. you don't live in the right state. You know, if, if, if you, if you don't have a one zero zero area code, there's yeah. no reason to talk to him, which, which is, which is bull, but there yeah. is some noise out there. Um, and I did not realize that publishing was a, like music is like that. Like I am in the wrong state for the type of music that I do. Uh, I'm in the wrong state for what I write. Yeah. I, I, but I, it never occurred to me that, that publishing would be that way. Very much so. There, um, it's finding. I'm sorry, the, that's hard. I most I, most of the I know about the it. agencies are on the two coasts. There's William Morrow on the on the left, and everyone else is on the right. And there's um, one in Denver, uh, who's coming to Quills. By the way, if you writers want to know a good writing conference, look for the League of Utah Writers Quills conference coming in August. Plug, um, and uh, we're getting um, anyway. So what I'm saying is that yeah, um, but I when, so I, I, I like the selling. That once I have the book in hand. I can sell it. You are confident about I, it. Because it's I been love kind of this validated book. and you love it. I absolutely I love and the question comes to who's your favorite author? And I hate to be stupid, but I say me. Yeah. Because yeah, I totally I, get me. Yeah. I push all my buttons. Well, you're <laughs> making the thing that you want. It's absolutely true. I, and I, I, I don't this think is a, that's I think that's normal. And, you know, sometimes I cringe when I read a phrase or a passage just like, oh, I wouldn't have done that today. But I'd still very much these books are the books that speak to me. Yeah. And um, to do anything now, to do anything else, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've, I've, the funny thing is, is Eleanor, I actually wrote Eleanor as, as to get The Finger Trap published. I absolutely did. That's the one that you published together? Yeah. Okay. And Eleanor became the first book of a trilogy, my young adult. This is my bestseller by far. And even though, but I chose the project in order to, because I knew this, but not really writing to market. Well, not not chasing the market, but writing to market. Young adult readers are by far the best readers. There's there are more of them than adult yeah. readers, and I'd want to write for adults. So I would they thought have I, time. They have time. They have interest, and they're required to do so. There's a long mm-hmm. litany, mm-hmm. and um, so I figured this would be a good angle. But I couldn't necessarily. I wouldn't dumb it down. I yeah. wouldn't dumb it down. I would. I take out the violence. I take out the four letter words. And I would just write to this and I would still stay true to a vision yeah. I had of this character that's been rolling around in my head. Yeah. So I did that. And um, and I followed her around. She was such a great character and she wrote herself half the time. No, more than half the time. Um, and these ideas and I was exploring um, loss and, and the very emotional stuff. And I, and I wrote the whole, I wrote it. The whole thing. By the time I picked the first book sold, I was finishing the third. So I was I was. Gun, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. And because you, in that case, you have to write the first book and hope that you get picked up for the series because yeah. there's no guarantee you're going to get the series. So right. I, I got lucked out on that one. But I was consciously knowing that I had this other book, The Finger Trap, yeah. which is not a perfect book. Reading it, I've read it more than anything I've ever, you know, I've worked on it long forever, and it's not perfect. I can see things that I would do differently today. And the sequels that I've written, I've written now three sequels to it. Um, they're each one's better. Yeah. But that book is important to me. Yeah. And it became a personal thing. And, and the funny thing is, I have, I, that's the book that won the highest award I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I got 
and in, in the face of it, because editors and gatekeepers are not readers. I remember that funny story. Yeah. Okay, so The Finger Trap is a yeah. very adult book. Um, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll. Uh, there's there's um, there four letter words. There's violence. Sure. It's, it's, and it's hilarious. It's social Great. social satire. Okay. And I'm, I'm sitting there at, at Comic Con, and I uh, this is one of my favorite stories in the world. Um, and um, people come up to, up to my booth, right? Utah Writer of the Year, new books coming out. You know, yay, Johnny tie dye, cool. And this 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 girl comes up. And um, I immediately say, yeah, okay. Um, let me tell you about Eleanor because, you know, this is supposedly yeah. the demographic. Yeah. And, you know, Eleanor is this young girl and she has a yeah. secret. And, said, and she points to the finger trap and said, oh, yeah, I love this book too. And she says, I loved it. What? I loved that book. What? Yeah, I bought it in Barnes and Noble. And it just, it's the best thing I've ever read. Oh, wow. And so there's a 16-year-old telling yeah. me this. And there's this woman this this forty year old woman sitting you know at the next booth that kind of peeks over and sees yeah. what's going on. So I sell her the book. Yeah, wow. You know, and this is written for a middle aged, midlife crisis man. Yeah. And um, so the it's next just proof that humanity is kind of the next day that forty year old woman comes in and says that the only reason I'm not the only reason your book hasn't been finished yet is because my husband dragged me out of the hotel room to come in there, <laughs> and she had read. Yeah. Um, it's a 400-page book. She thinks she was on 350. Wow. And she said, it was the, I cannot believe how great this book is. That's awesome. And the book is indulgent. It breaks every literary rule yeah. I teach in my class. I, she sold one to the next person who emailed me and said, thank you. Then yeah. um, the League of Utah Writers gave me the diamond quill for it, which is the highest award we have. Cool. And then my publisher got sold to somebody else and they said, we don't do adult books. I've been dying ever since. I, I get more people asking me about when that's coming back. Yeah. And so I feel required to, yeah. to bring it out myself. And th- yeah, that, yeah. that's where the self-publishing. But, but when I sell them, I love them. They're yeah. your children. How do you not brag up your children? It's hard for me, but, uh, but, but I'm self-published. Well, yeah, no. but, but you so, love yeah. them and you can do that. And that enthusiasm, if you yeah. believe in it, I'm confidence is sexy and I'm so yeah. excited about anything. I can, I can go, you know, the, the ones I, I feel tricky about are um, my horror stories. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, horror is a terrible genre. You never say yeah. horror. Immediately change it to a cult thriller, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is, which is kind of what it was. Um, yeah. And um, because horror readers are a rare, I mean, there's no horror section now in Barnes and Noble. There's yeah. Not. Wow. They put it just in regular fiction huh. because it's there was a time it was. Yeah. But horror is more of a an emotion than a genre. Yeah. Huh. But um, yeah. so when, for example, at Comic Con, um, some people very much gravitate toward the occult stuff. Yeah. Other people don't want to don't want to know I write it. Yeah. And it, it I and here's something that's ruined me. Multiple genres. I am impossible to pigeonhole. What do you write? Books. Well, j- fantasy, sometimes. Yeah. Science fiction, just finished. Comedy, yes. Contemporary, yeah. fiction. And the thing is, is, the only thing that links it all together is the literary threads of writing to theme. Mm. If I, mm-hmm. um, I had to go with science fiction for that science, for my science fiction, because first I didn't like the way Roanoke worked, and I knew I was going to use that as a springboard to explore modern cultural problems yeah. and offer either solutions or at least show the tensions. Mm. And I, you know, and my science fiction world is very 15th century. It smells 15th century. Mm. I do a lot of stuff. I have different planner. It makes, and um, there's no other, there was no other place for me to put that. Mm. I did not yeah. start with, I want to write a science fiction. What's a good story? Right. It's just, that's just where it feels. That's where it needs to live. Right. It's like, it's like you say, I'm going to, yeah. uh, country is what I'm going to write. I'm, I'm going to write a country song. First, yeah. I need to get a, a dog and, and, a, and a pickup. 
find yeah. out what you have. But you know, and, but that's not necessarily where you, where I start. The pieces have to serve the story. Sure. And, no, I get that. Yeah. I totally get yeah. that. So I had asked, what, what, how do you deal with the rejection? Uh, I, I, I had developed a drinking problem for a while. Uh, <laughs> partly true. Uh, better now, thank you. Um, but it's terrible. Um, the only way I've ever managed to successfully deal with it, I've, I've, I, when I received a particularly devastating rejection, mm. sometimes you get that, you get a request for manuscript and they come back and say, ah, no, we don't like it. The finger trap was really close to being taken up by St. Martin's Presser, mm. uh, no, a major agency. Yeah. And then she hated, the main agent didn't like one chapter and rather than ask me to fix it, she just said no. Ugh. That one killed me. But what my rule was, is I told you I did five a week because if I got yeah. six rejections, I'd be dead. But yeah. even one of those five would hurt. The second I got a, a, a rejection, five more went out, five more um, requests went out. Five more submissions, five more queries went out. Mm. And um, I was See. to the point I was getting scared. I was running out of people. Yeah. Bec- and I kept a wall of my rejection oh. slips for a while. Yeah. And and people like JK were like, oh man, I've had 40 rejections before I got this picked up. 40 rejections is a month for me. Yeah. Because there's nowhere else to do it. It's a, it's yeah. a scattergun. Yeah. It's not a sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And also... Um, so you dealt with rejection by just... Just kept going. Yeah, doesn't, yeah, exactly. You have to keep going. You have to. Yeah. You have to believe in your art. If that's the first thing. If, yeah. And and since I was working in a vacuum so long, when I did finally get develop editors, I was very resistant because yeah. I had learned I had buttressed myself behind my own talent. Yeah. Sometimes accurately, sometimes inaccurately, and I had a very lucky first editor that helped me through this. So you said you said you have to believe in your art. Which I think is easier than believing in yourself. Yes. Yeah. So do, is there ever a thing with you where you're like, I believe in my art, but but I don't believe in myself? Oh, all or, the time. So how do you deal with that? Oh, I don't know. You just have to you fake don't? it. You don't. Yeah. I honestly don't know that the, my current book that I'm working on, the fourth in the Tony Flanner series, is based, the theme is authenticity. And yeah. it's centered around the, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so this is exactly what I'm trying to work there. And I'm using this book, which has been a joy to write, um, in order to, for me to look at this. So yeah. I'm actually using, and, and that's how I got through my art on, um, that's how Beatrice was born, to develop the, how does love work. But it still doesn't work. I still don't believe it. And yeah. um, for example, conferences, writing conferences, I go to a ton of them. I I found them very valuable just because it they, they re- rejuvenate me. Teaching does the same. I definitely feel that way about teaching. But at at these conferences, you can't help but compare yourself to everyone there. Even if I'm teaching a class and I, and I I was at a conference a couple of, uh, in January and I, I, I cried like 10 times a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like, I don't know. It's such a bizarre, maybe this is your experience too, but I love really easily. I value really easily. And when I'm watching other people make beautiful things, I feel so like happy and I feel like, oh, I'm so glad that you're making this. I'm so glad that you have this ability and that you ha- you're making this choice to, to put this art in the world. And then I'm like, oh no, can I do it? Yes. Will anyone ever feel that way about me? And it's like such, it's like, it's, it's the switch. It's just like back and forth, like nonstop. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. But then I just, for me, and like, I don't know, I'm 30. Like, who knows? Who knows? Oh, what you're I'm, a youngster, yeah. Who, who knows what I'm up to? But um, but I think, you know, my, my well of resilience does have a bottom. 
but I never quite find it. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I get the feeling that I'm like right there and then I get excited about something. But so I don't know. I mean, it's possible there's a bottom that I'll, that at some point I'll be like, I'm tired. I need some input or some, you know, you need, I don't know. You need a success every once in a while. No joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think for me though, that success can be so tiny. Yeah. It can be so little. It's the tiniest little thing. Uh, and then it's like, oh, well, I haven't quite hit the bottom of that well yet. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm 30. So like maybe the, maybe the, maybe when I'm maybe in 10 years, I will have hit that bottom and have had to try to figure out like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm curious. Like, what do you do? But I, but I wonder if that's always just oh, how it is. It you just, me. you just kind of keep. I'm, I'm trying to get better in my own skin. So, um, I, I've, you know, I exercising more. You have to do, it's just, it's a art. An artist is, a has mental health issues to begin with. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we do. So you have to do the usual things. And if you go to a conference and you go to a bookstore, um, Barnes and Noble is, stare, is, is, is intimidating. Go to a used bookstore, a good one, like Smith's bookstore or, or the, or Powell's up in, up in Portland. They, not only am I competing with everybody who has a new title out today. Yeah. I'm competing with everybody who's written a book ever. Yeah. I got a lot of competition. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. to put myself against Tolkien. Right. And, um, uh, Bishop, you know, I, I got nothing. So it's, you know, so that yeah. you can't think about it. But then when you go to the conferences and you meet these wonderful people, you meet Sanderson and you meet, and you know, Ann Hillerman and you meet uh, Gabaldon, you know, the Outlander, and they're just wonderful people. And, and you know, I, oh, one of the things I did is, um, if, if I made a list of things, goals that I wanted to get out of this, money's on the list, but it's not the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need to have a self satisfaction because mm. um, I've, you know, my own politics, my own, I, uh, accumulation of money's never been huge enough is what I think we need. Yeah. But I had one of the things were on my list where there were a list of authors I wanted to meet. I wanted to talk to my heroes. Mm. Well, dangerous. And I, I dove, terrifying. Yeah. It's very scary. And uh, then Elmore Leonard died, so I had to take him off the list. Mm. I've heard to stay the hell away from Cormac McCarthy, so I'm not going near okay. him. But Tim Dorsey, who writes tangential crime psychopath fiction, I managed to bring him to Quills last year. Cool. And, um, <laughs> he was everything I thought it'd be. He was the, yeah. it was absolutely the high point of my career is I got to do that. I got to meet yeah. with him. I, I got, I got to have long conversations yeah. about life with this guy. Did you feel kindred? I did. That's I did. Great. And, uh, and, and that's he, how you know, I mean, is that how you know, is that how you know, no. I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I belong here. No, not or necessarily. No. I, what I mostly it showed me is his ex- eccentricities and his dare I say humanity? Yeah, I think that's what I mean. I, I felt yeah. that I was on his level, not because I was a good enough writer, but because he was actually oh, that's not totally, that much different. That's totally what I meant. Yeah. Huh. Like you, you see this person and go like, we're the same, we're the same spaz. We're the same, like vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We're the same quirky. And I haven't had that with many other writers. Yeah. Some, some of the other great writers I've met, you know, I've met George Martin. I didn't get a long conversation with him, but, um, he felt human and nice too. We had a short yeah. conversation. It was great. But then some of these, and I don't want to name names, but some of the people I've met who were very, very stringent and everything, I, I've got nothing in common with them. Yeah. And I, 
you know, I've, I've been studying Hunter S. Thompson lately for, I have no idea. Talk about a bad, bad example. But you can see that he's living in Colorado in Elk Creek and he never really joined the East Coast intelligentsia of his time. Granted, he read Kerouac and everything and the Beat Poets, whatever, but he was never part of that. Yeah. He was always the, the, the ragged Hell's mm. Angels kind of mm. guy. And uh, he did all right with it. I mean, it but he was an, another eccentric. So there's the form, and so there's room for, and, I, and I'm thinking, what's better artist, the one that conforms with that, have leather on your elbows kind of yeah. thing, or that, so I guess there's room for everyone, is what I'm trying to think, is that there's, there's a place for me, I don't have to follow that pattern mm. to be something, to, to, to reach my goal. Yeah, I, amen. Yeah, it's, I still, I always come to that conclusion but the detours are painful. Oh, they're terrifying. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, and music is, is notorious and, and I'll, I keep hearing about authors, but every time an author complains about a, um, a book deal they got, I always think about musicians. Musicians mm-hmm. are the most abused artist <laughs> I can think of. They are, they are. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I, you look at Prince, he, he, he changed his name to a symbol out of, out of, just know. to get out of a darn contract. Yeah. This, I mean, Prince, he was doing okay, you know? Yeah. And it's notorious for how poorly treated musicians are. And writers at least have at least some erudite hoity-hoity and maybe can get a day job teaching at a community college if they have to. But well, musicians, I mean, talk about somebody who does it for the love of it. Mm. I mean, I, I work my guts out. I have a product. Remember we talked at the beginning about the kielbasa? Yeah. So... The music is so ephemeral. You're, yes. If you go live, you, yes. are, you were selling two hours of moments. Yeah. I at least, you can at least walk home with my book. Maybe yeah. walk home with your CD. Yeah. But that's not necessarily it. And in a way, I always think about, that's one of the things I talk, tell you about that I, I envy musicians so mm. much, is talk about the most ephemeral, magical moment of art. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I liken it to artists that paint in chalk on, on sidewalks. Right. It's gone. Or dancers. Yeah. Or a dancer. Any, How do you take that I home? I think any performing art. I've really enjoyed these conversations. I find people that do visual art and now writing, um, there are things that are totally in common. And there are places where we are having the same experience. But I agree with you. There's something about performing art that is like... Ugh. I don't know, but I, but in, a, in another way, ah, it's the same. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's why actors on the stage are always saying that theater is, is purer than film. And so, because for one thing, it's all on stage. You get two hours to, yeah. to, 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 to create this, 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 this thing. Whereas you get 10 takes with, uh, right. with Chris Pine. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's something to that. I remember the, uh, who was, uh, Ian McClellan who did Gandalf, right? Yeah. Um, the, sir, sir, that <laughs> th- th- there was a line that uh, I don't know if it, it could just be apocryphal, but that he broke down crying on the green screen mm. when and d- during the Hobbit. He said, "This is not what an actor does. This is not what I wanted to be. This is not where I want. Mm. This is not what I am." Mm. And he, you know, he broke down, you know, yeah. And yet his work will outlive me, yeah, and go on. And so that's something else. And it's also putting in stone and and. I don't know. You always have to be zen about this, right? As as you gotta try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And or be totally not zen. I mean, be uptight like so Ken, like Kanye. Or, or <laughs> no, I think I just mean like 
I fluctuate between being like like Zen and feeling like it's all me and I and it's none none of me and and then I look at the numbers and then I look at the spreadsheets and then you know and I don't mean like the money numbers yeah, yeah. I just mean like the to do list you know yeah. for me I think it's help it's healthy for me to fluctuate between very practical very very that ephemeral like art ivory tower thing I I have to bounce between the two or I struggle i think well i think i think there's a lot to be said about a lot of similarities um what was that there was that document that show with uh cusack about the the beach boys did you see that no anyway what showed them in the studio creating an album and i thought this is very similar to creating a book you know that they they have a, yeah. they have all these people together and then and, and this whole process and then it's over and, yeah. and, and i often think about how musicians and the one thing i love about about what i do with my book is I get to put it down a lot yeah. sooner than I think musicians do. Yeah. Um, um, I yeah, love you got to kind of keep... Just keep... Uh, being that Yeah, the Rolling Stones forever. are playing Satisfaction to this day. Yeah. How they're alive, talk to Satan. I don't know what they did. <laughs> Some crossroads deal. We got to figure Keith, you know. But no, but they're playing the same old, same old, yeah. same old, same old, same yeah, old song. Yeah, it makes it hard to evolve. Exactly. And, and well, me, a book ends, I get to start another one. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Although people might still see your current work in the context of your old work. Oh, without a doubt. You don't have to do it, but I think it's still, you still can't like escape it. You know, not that you'd want to, but well, no, you can't. It's, it's, it's become a problem. Now I, I like to point to the, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle before he became Sir. He got so sick and tired of writing Sherlock Holmes stories that he killed him. He killed his main character. Yeah. He threw him down the Reichenbach falls with Dr. Moriarty and he couldn't sell another thing. Yeah. J.K. Rowling could not get another book picked up. Yeah. And, and because she was so pigeonholed there, and that's yeah. one of the problems with the creative types is that most of, is that many of the creative types I really rec- I really um, relate to have done different things, and they're yeah. not necessarily stuck in that one thing. But Stephen King had to use a pseudonym. J.K. Rowling had to use a pseudonym in order to break out and yeah. to write something different. Yeah. Which which is kind of. Of the branding issue. It's why I oh, totally. kind of ruined it for me. Well, and then it's that same, like, it's like, well, we work so hard on being creatives and then you're not allowed to create and the branding issue. And, and again, I'm, I come back to like, who am I? Who is my work? Sure. My work is part of me, but it's not all of me. Some of me is in this work. Maybe this work has nothing to do with me. It's just a, it's just an idea that kind of went through me. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, which it's genre do you call yourself? Jazz? No, it, like alternative pop, but I also have a genre problem. Well, exactly, and that's just it. See, the best definition of genre, I, and this one to give my students, genre is, the best definition of genre is, genre is the shelf where they will put your book in the bookstore. That's yeah. the only thing. Like yeah. say, horror doesn't exist as a genre. Uh, young adult paranormal romance does. Yeah. At least, at least last time, at least it did last year. I don't know where it is now. Yeah. Um, dystopian, young adult, scratch and sniff, erotic. I don't know. That's going to be next week. Yeah. But there's always, so that's it. Scratch so I know, erotica. right? But, um, you know, even <laughs> Westerns, I mean, there, there comes and goes. I yeah. know, I know. I, know. I, bad, <laughs> I bad visual. Um, and, and so, but, but that's just it. And, and I know, and don't get me wrong. I, some of my favorite, favorite people are very good at writing into their genre and they, um, they're very good craftsmen. And, um, yeah. uh, like Tim Dorsey, my hero, he's been writing similar books his entire, I don't know. He asked him if he yeah. writes anything else. He doesn't. So this is, I get bored. I get restless. 
I start wanting new stories. But but I think I'm like you in that my motivation to write is to explore a theme. Yes. And once I've explored it, I'm not interested in it anymore. You know, it's like, well, I explored it. There it was, off to something new. And I, f- I also feel like the genre comes out of the theme motivation. I, I feel really similar yeah. about that. It's like, well, I need to create the the musical elements in a way that will let me adequately explore this idea. And then once it's over, it's like, I don't know, call it whatever you want. It's got some some harmonies that one may say belong to jazz. It has production elements that are pop. I don't know. It's just my story about masks, you know? Are all your songs three minutes? Around three minutes? No, I write long songs sometimes. Good, so do I. That's jazz, you know? Yeah, well, so it's, it's, same thing. Same, same thing that I was told my The Finger Trap would never be published because it was too long. Yeah. I deliberate, my theme on that was Flanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character is Tony Flanner, is his name, F-L-A-N-E-R. It's a pun upon the Baudelaire concept of Flanner, I know, inside baseball. But the mm-hmm. first page says Flanner, mm-hmm. F-L-A-N-U-R. To lounge, to saunter, to linger long. Oh man, yes. Okay, so... So it's the thematically so, had to yes. be a long book. No, I, I'm doing the same thing like in my in my songs. You know, I'm, maybe the lyrics are really dark, but then the pack, the, the the chords are like super bright. But that's the whole point. I'm trying to talk about disguise. I'm trying to talk about. So yeah, yes. I, I love these kinds of like meta themes. Um, but here's your definition of how you know that's correct. And this is what I ran into as well. It said, why your book has to be shorter. I said, no, it doesn't. And I had a reason for it. Yeah. And this is why when, when I had the concept and I explained to them yeah. the meta, if you will, yeah. of why this yeah, is yeah, happening yeah. this way. It's not a yeah. mistake. See, as lear- learning writing through the critic, the critical side instead yeah. of the creative writing side, yeah. I was never allowed to say, "Well, this writer didn't just didn't know what they were doing." Yeah, I had to right. say, "This is bothering me," and then find out why it was bothering yeah. me, and mm-hmm. use that as a key to open the rest of it. Yes. So when you could say, "The light and the dark are there as counterpositions yeah. to show the inside," that You're is legitimate. You're supposed to feel disoriented yes. by it. That's my point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're supposed to be like, "Oh my gosh, this song is so catchy," and then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, "Oh." You know, that's my goal. I did it on purpose. And then it's like, yeah, I don't know what it is. Sorry. I, but I don't know. Well, you don't, yeah, listen, uh, honestly, the, all the genres that I've gotten, I, I try to name a genre to it and it's never right. Yeah. It's just let other people do that. As a matter of fact, I don't even write, um, I steal stuff from reviews. For my log lines or mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. elevator pitch, yeah. I steal it from reviews yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was reading reviews. Yeah. So, no, no, I, I, I think, I think I love what you're doing there. I, I, I had a, I, um, the one thing I want to mention though, I don't know if you've noticed this, um, but coming back to the pantsing and the plotter thing a little bit, as I find what's look at, look at Stephen King, the pantser. He has written the shining six times, I think now mm. in different forms. Mm-hmm. And I am a f- terrified of repeating myself because yeah. I find myself falling back into the same motifs at yeah. times. And yeah. so I'm very conscious. And that's one of the reasons why I do try to get ahead of myself. Do you find the same thing that you keep falling into certain I just Rhythms wrote this like essay. I, I like writing. Like I don't write. Uh, I'm not like a writer, but I yeah, like words. Like I like language. So, um, so I, I just posted this essay this week that I've been working on for a couple of months. Um, that's all about that. Like, but I think for me, um, I'm trying to solve my relationship with my mom. Um, oh, yes. uh, and, and I'm, and I'm trying to solve my relationship with all women probably. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, and there's other things. That's just, that's just one thing. But but yes, it's the same story, and I keep thinking it's a new story. And then I'm like, oh, it's 
oh, it's that again. Yep, just new packaging. So uh, absolutely, I. But 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 I guess this the the struggle is all you can do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's part of it. I some um, they use that now in literary criticism that they can actually identify missing work as does it have the author's theme? Where an, an entire an author's entire catalog can there is a certain ideas that come through it. Yeah. Um, like again, Stephen King, I joke that he's written the same book, but he's working on these issues. Yeah. Um, I have a book that my, about daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know where you're going. Yeah. And I think I've been rewriting Macbeth since I started. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I think I, I think I, uh, I love emotions. I'm so fascinated by emotions and relationships, but I'm a very like internal processor. And so I think I'm always trying to kind of just, I'm always trying to figure out things that maybe can't be figured. Exactly. Uh, which, and, which is where music comes in, because music is the most emotional of the arts. It's the, it just gets, it cuts through everything. Yeah. That is, I love, it's really, you've got the thing. Oh, I've, I've got to write, I've got to write 150,000 words, 500 pages, in order to have you feeling a little uneasy at the end, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's all I got. I love that. I, well, I love it though. I mean, but I think... I couldn't be doing the thing that I'm doing without great books. Yeah. I, I was a total bookworm as a child, such an introvert. I never had really friends. I, I didn't get along with my family. I was reading. I mean, I, yep. was, I was reading. I wasn't even listening to music that much. I didn't have access to it. But I had access to books because I had a library and they were free, you yep. know, where music wasn't. Um, I was reading all the time. And for me, the way that I write music is way more informed by the books that I read and the stories that I loved um, than it is by any music that I listen to. Really? That's just the truth. So, and then if, you know, if you're feeling that way about, or, you know, or, or other artists are feeling that way about music, like, well, I'm creating this film be because of this music that inspired me. Ah, there's like the medium that you use. And then there's like the art that maybe is not the medium mm -hmm. that, you're just you're communicating in the language that you have, but your maybe your like artistic soul and my like artistic soul are like the same kind of a thing. We just have different mediums. You know, I always think, where are the great poets today? And the best poets have found music. Some lyrics that sneak up on me and just uh, there's uh, that new Death Cab for Cutie Kitsugi, and there's a uh, uh, Dark Sun. And I listen to that, and I hear the evolution of that. And it starts out with these almost weird, oxymoronic, uh, contradictory statements, mm -hmm. and you don't know where it's going. But by the end of the song, you absolutely see a dead relationship. Mm -hmm. And poets, and, 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 and underneath that is this musical side yeah. of it, which, which cements it. And I, if I could write anything in my life that'll have the kind of impact that that has had, that four-minute song... Yeah, and, you know, and I'm sure you have though. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the, I think I'm young enough, or maybe you can't consume the medium you work in in the same way that you consume another medium because you understand it too well. Well, also, um, literacy is on the is is going the wrong is going south. Unfortunately, and, that um, is true. Um, I honestly think that uh, th that that's terrible. Um, if I, well, you know, if, if I, if I win the lottery, I'm going to put a, a big literacy campaign in, yeah. in, in line, you know, and because I, many people that, I mean, we talked about earlier about experience and about yeah. having broad horizons and books are that, yeah. um, good music is that, yeah. um, you know, what kind of music? Oh, I only listen to, I only listen to rap. No. Yeah. You know, you should at least 
know what handle's about. You know? Well, this is a theme that I keep coming back to with all of the conversations that I'm having in this room, which is just curiosity. If there's one thing we've got in common, it's that curiosity and just wanting to know, wanting to like feel all the things and understand all the people and try to see as many perspectives as you can. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's dangerous as well. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, like I mentioned, I mentioned Hunter S. Thomas a couple times and Hemingway. When you really, I, I, I've used the metaphor that artists or writers, they sand their fingertips down so they can feel things better. But the downside is that is you feel so much. I was just talking about that with someone earlier this week. Uh, it, okay, finish your thoughts. No, you it, feel, and, and that's it. Yeah. Is that is that you're, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a reason why artists tend to be depressed yeah. or or moody or something. There tends yeah. to be that way. You're disappearing in all these other perspectives and all these things you're feeling. And yeah, and you're worried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're worried. I, I would have been happier not to know, you know. <laughs> I, I'm worried. I'm always worried. Good. Yeah. Well, welcome yeah. to the club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Better living I, through chemistry. I have a feeling that we have a similar, like, type of a process. But I feel... but. I feel maybe the way you're talking, how you feel about music, also about film. Like I love it when I watch a film that I'm like, that made me feel a way that I'm not sure how it did it, but I want more of it, you know? And maybe it's like, there's something disorienting in the cinematography that's like related to the story. Um, Films blows, blows me away because it is a cooperative effort from the get go. Well, That's why I feel like film is like the film is the, the pinnacle because it's everything. Yeah. It's writing. Yeah. It's all of the visual. It's visual art in every way. It's the new symphony. There's the costume. There's the set design. There's the actual filming, the lighting, Editing. blah, blah, blah. Then there's the acting. There's that. And, the, and you know, you were talking before about, you know, you do 11 takes, but each of those 11 takes is a moment that's yeah. that's never happening again. And then there's music. I don't know. Film is like... Film is the big one. It is an absolute. It, it is my favorite genre, yeah. and it's it's one that I I would uh, I thought I I always thought I'd be part of it. But again, I was born in the wrong state. So yeah. um, ah. one of the things I love about my writing is that it does. I do have the freedom to to do it alone. Yeah, and I I'm actually kind of jealous of that. Yeah, I think you're jealous. You're jealous. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. I, I have a well for. When you're writing novels, uh, critique groups are, are tricky because how can you give them chapter 78 when they haven't read chapters mm-hmm. 1 through 73 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they can't really comment on it? Yeah. So um, the best you get is beta readers and, and you're asking a lot of those things. So you, um, for me, um, at least in the, the main processes and until – and that, I notice as well this, by the way, a hard lesson. Um, I had a – when I was querying myself, I, I sent a manuscript out and they suggest made it they suggested some changes. So I made the changes. I said, oh no, we don't want the book. We just thought maybe it'd be better this way. And then the next person I sent it to said, yeah, you know, I liked it except these things made me mad. And those were the very things I changed yeah, for the other. So at I this know. point, you got to just, you know, I'll fix it when you're paying me to fix it. Yeah. And that's part of it. But yeah. um, film would be good. Same symphonies, I always think about how they sounded different a hundred years ago because the yeah. positions were different things. Yeah. And uh, I also, and one of the things that I always think about music as well, we're talking about the ephemeral moments of it yeah. is there was a, I forgot who said it, but when Edison first recorded music, people were upset because this will be the end of pianos. This will be the end of singing our own, making our own music. No. Now we can buy it. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. You know, I don't, I know a lot of people who, who write because yeah. you can do it, but I don't, I think I know maybe, a dozen who can actually play an instrument of any kind. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. I can play a boom box mm-hmm. <laughs> and a CD player. That's about the end of it. 
Oh, oh. An, an iPod. I've, I've, I've branched out. But if you follow this idea of the genius, mm-hmm. it's going to keep coming. Right? It doesn't go anywhere. That's not going anywhere. And, and giving, giving somebody a creative outlet and heroes to follow. Yeah. Not just, you know, and sometimes it's so difficult to follow overly produced things. Because, you know, how do, how, do you, how do you, you know, follow an opera? I don't know. But then sometimes it happens. And, I, I, you know, for musicians and, and writers, I mean, like I say, there's so much, so many writers. I mean, there was some number about like 14,000 new titles a day. You know, I'm just having Something a thought like right now that, I'm, that I feel sure. like I should say. Um, in Bali, like the country. Mm-hmm. There are no professional artists. Furthermore, everyone does art. Yeah. Um, which I find to be like I always think of that as a kind of a utopia. But if ever if the world was like then your competition is truly everyone. Well, you know, like as no. you're so all, I'm just having this thought right now. Like the word as you're there kind is of, competition. As, be. Right, right, right. This is what this is what I'm saying. So like, you know, you're thinking like I'm in this used bookstore. Every author that's writing now, every one of my students that's a great author, everyone who's ever lived, this is my competition. But the people who aren't your competition are the people who are athletes and not doing any art at all. But is, you know, but but actually, everyone should probably be creating. And in that way, it's not a, you know, I don't know, maybe we could think of it the other way. Like, yeah, I, I like to think that everyone has to have some creative outlet. I don't know how they do, I mean, whether it's poetry or, you know, angry letters to the editor or something. Well, I, like I definitely think don't think everyone does have a creative outlet, but I agree that everyone should. Yes. Um, and all, and like you said before, all of those perspectives matter. All of those stories matter. All of those stories change the world. Um, I, I say often, every story deserves to be written. Not every story can be published. Because that's where you take the art and you turn it into a consumer product. Yeah. And that's totally different. That's why a lot of people talk about there's certain formulas of writing popular fiction, three-act structures, 15-point save-the-cat stuff, and lots of different ways. Formulaic, very formulaic. Yeah. And um, those tend to be very easily consumable. Think of them as the sugar of the world where it's instant carbs, right? And then there's mm-hmm. other stuff. But if you go into the list of classics, none of them will follow any of those rules. Yeah. And I had, and, um, but that you can still do that. Yeah. And as far, oh, I was going to say about the creativity thing is it's weird how certain things are valued. There was a line about, uh, somebody approached Picasso, might have been Picasso. So let's say Picasso. Somebody comes to Picasso and says, here, yeah. get, draw me a picture. And he draws a yeah. picture for him, like just sketches it out and says, okay, that'll be a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. That just took you two seconds. He said, well, you're not counting in is the 45 years it took me to draw that. Yeah. To training on this, right, right, right. which is again the kielbasa. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, it is what it is, but you know. But I'm glad we're talking about mm-hmm. it. I'm glad to have heard your perspective oh, about this. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Okay, I have a short question that I always ask everybody at the mm-hmm. end, which is, "What's your dream project or your dream collaboration?" D- collaboration. Wow. I like collaboration because I'm into mixed media, but you can make it whatever you want. Boy, I would honestly love to see. I, I'd like to see my my things come to cinema. Okay, that, that who's directing? Much. Oh, who's, who's direct- starring? Oh, I don't. Yeah, know. like um, you know, I mean, I you don't I, have to give me a whole cast list, but I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I don't, every time I think of somebody, they turn around. They're, they do something. Yeah, they and do something, a and I can't listen to yeah. them anymore. You know, <laughs> why did you do that? Do you not know? Uh, well, I don't know. I probably want. Um, 
David Lynch, just because I love David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I have no idea what I want to direct it, but I, I, I would like. I would like it to to get that audience. I'd like it to be um, one of my pieces. I think. Um, I, I think What a Mortal Hand has has a decent chance of uh, of being picked up for as a miniseries. I think that would be fun. Miniseries is where it's at, man. I, I just I'm think so it's, into it. It's bingeable. It's absolutely, and it's in three parts. I'm, think, I'm mm-hmm. thinking 18 episodes. We're going to pitch it out. Um, but I think that would be good. And I'd, obviously, I'd like to be able to live on residuals for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and you don't want to put any other flavor in this, like who's writing the score? Oh. Who's, who's, who's a supporting actress? No. I'm just giving no. you the opportunity. No, no. Okay, I, great. I, I would probably, the people I really wanted to collaborate with, I don't think would collaborate. <laughs> well, um, I had, I asked someone else this question who works in film and she said she wants the new people, you know, she wants it to be like all new, you know, d- new discover, new discoveries, which, you don't know, that's kind of special too. Yeah. But okay. Well, great. of course the New York times bestsellers up there. Um, which is, by the way, has nothing to do with what's selling well. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's another political, um, yeah, uh, thing. But um, I wouldn't mind being another in, in other languages, and I would like to be taught okay. in English classes. I, okay, yeah, which is, just sounds sounds really dumb. No, no, no. It's. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly believe that there, I have never written that. anything that could not be taught effectively in an English yeah. class. Well, I mean, you you teach, yeah. so it. It's just that same thing. Like I was talking about this with someone else. The the tenderness with which you consume, you want to be consumed. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh my gosh, you're writing down yeah, the thing I, I said. Steal things. Wow. Well, I feel flattered. Authors don't borrow; they steal and conceal their sources. Uh, musicians do the same thing. Did you say tenderness? Was that the word? Yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you? So you've you've said a lot of your titles. I am. Um, you can find me at johnnyworthen.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y-W-O-R-T-H-E-N.com. Uh, the League of Utah Writers, um, I'm the president of that for a while. Uh, Quills, LTV, I'm at a lot of conferences. You have I, like an Instagram I don't something? do Instagram. I do Facebook. I have okay. a blog. Um, all are linked from my Those website. Are on your website. I haven't figured out Instagram yet. I think it's a very visual media, which I have a very difficult time mm-hmm. with as words. Mm-hmm. So I blog. Mm-hmm. I blog mm-hmm. instead. Which And blogs are dead, so everything's dead. Yeah. Um, all my <laughs> well, books are I available think, on Amazon. Yeah. People do sometimes Instagram photos of Words. Of words. I might do that. <laughs> yeah, I tweet at, at Johnny Worthen, and uh, <laughs> that's about it. And uh, I, I, I teach uh, creative writing classes at the University of Utah's Lifelong Learning Program where Great. people who are there want to be there. And well, I just love this stuff. And League of Utah Writers, look that up. The website's down at the moment, but we're working on it. Okay. Thank you so much, Johnny. It was great to meet you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.